I think he gets it for the performance. I don't think he gets best picture. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Oldman gets that for the performance stuff. I think the scene that made that movie is when he was when he rides the subway. Total that BS. That actually happened. That's mm-hmm. It's just so unbelievable. Yeah, Oldman gets that for the performance. I think. That scene you mean where they talk like and they he actually listens to what the he black guy has went, to say on a train in and England asked, in nineteen forty. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that happened. Why is it so unbelievable, to everybody? <laughs> what I'd like to see is the shape of Churchill and have him. <laughs> In a tank. Be half fish, half Winston Churchill in a tank. Yeah. And he could ride a submarine with the black guy. <laughs> yeah. In a town where I was born, All right. man. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Breezy and cold today. Nothing more than isolated snow showers. 34 for the high. Tonight, down to 20 degrees with wind chills in the teens. Thursday, decreasing clouds. We'll see a little sunshine during the afternoon and a high of 35. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 31 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Two students are dead and over a dozen hurt after a shooting at a Kentucky high school. A 15-year-old suspect was taken into custody at Marshall County High School in Benton, Kentucky, and is facing charges of murder and attempted murder. The two students who were killed were identified as 15-year-old Bailey Nicole Holt and 15-year-old Preston Ryan Cope. Authorities say they are still searching for a motive. It may soon be President Trump's turn to answer questions in the Russia investigation. The Washington Post reports that special counsel Robert Mueller's team wants to question Trump on his decision to fire former FBI Director James Comey and also the departure of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Investigators as soon as next week may lay out conditions under which they would interview Trump. Allegheny County now has five flu-related deaths this season. Allegheny County health officials say the county has more than 4,000 cases of the flu so far. Statewide, 47 people have died from the flu or flu-like symptoms this season. Officials add that 15 of those deaths have happened over just the past few weeks. I'm legit spooked about this season of the flu. Like, Serena got sick the other day, and I was urging her i said you got to go to urgent care or the hospital or something because we got to find out what this is because from my understanding the longer you wait the worse it gets like you have to you have to be tested in the first 24 to 48 hours correct at that i don't know but i always thought that they said that you can't do it do anything anyway they just send you home and say take motrin and you got to let it work work it out Ride what, it what out. can they do besides like put you on like a saline bag or something like that that's yeah, they tell you basically if you go to the emergency room, we're probably going to tell you go home and get lots of fluids and rest and stuff like that. There's extreme cases, you know. I'm not sure. with underlying issues yeah. that they'll admit to the hospital. But right, yeah. Old, uh, you young. know, young, uh, and in those instances, compromised you have, health. Yeah, but it's not like. Scary. It, it, it is, I think it's good to identify if it's the flu versus something else. Just yeah, because you pe- want to know what you're fighting. Because for the other people in the family, right? For the old and the young in the family, you know. Um, but I would be hesitant to go to one of those urgent care places. I, I've, I mean, for for the amount of times I've had the flu, I don't know, six, seven, eight times. Um, you know, it's the flu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah, I can't move. Everything yeah. hurts. I want to die. This sucks. Yes. <laughs> So you know it's the flu, you keep an eye on your temperature, and it's usually, you know, 
skyrocketed for a mm-hmm. couple of days, and the third day it'll come down. This is a long one. This is a four or five day one. Yeah. But the other thing is, the day after you're feeling better, you should stay home. Right? You have one day. I don't know what the contagion period is. This is this is what my son's daycare says is that one full day after a fever breaks. Mm-hmm. So okay. if if they're that, I'm imagining <laughs> that they are the authority on child germs because <laughs> yeah. pretty much every single one of them has been infected oh. uh, at this point. That's so, a per- that's just percolating in there. Twenty four hours <laughs> after a fever breaks. There you and go, you're folks. Good. Yeah. Scientists believe the best way to enjoy that uh, morning cup of coffee and lose weight, make sure you drink it black. A new study from the Department of Human Nutrition in the Netherlands claims that drinking black coffee immediately after waking will boost metabolism. In a scientific journal, researchers wrote that coffee consumption increases metabolic rates for roughly three hours, which allows people to burn about an average of an extra 150 calories. The key is to add no sugar, no cream, no milk substitutes, which work against weight loss efforts Uh, but researchers say if you struggle with choking down (laughs) plain old black coffee a good alternative is cashew milk (laughs) villagers in uh in i don't know at the grocery store now (laughs) there's some kind of new milk and i don't know what the brand is but it says milked peanuts Ooh, (laughs) milked peanuts Mm, strange way to describe it no steer clear val steer clear Some villagers in India were summoned out of their homes recently by a loud thud, which turned out to be a large frozen object which fell from the sky. Many believed it was a space rock. Others thought it was part of a UFO, but they were all wrong. The frozen object weighed about 26 pounds. Some people even took chunks of it home as souvenirs. Only later did they learn, according to experts with the Indian uh, Meteorological Department, it was a frozen hunk of poop that fell out of a passing airplane. Uh, wow. Wait, where's Dave Matthews torn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've upgraded to planes now. Journey guitarist Neil Schoen is putting his feud with keyboardist Jonathan Cain over Donald Trump behind him. In a recent interview, Schoen said the way the band was moving forward and putting their differences about politics and religion aside was simply by just... Not talking about it. Sean made even bigger news when he expressed his desire to collaborate with former frontman Steve Perry, who permanently left the band in 1998. Meanwhile, Journey gearing up to hit the road with Def Leppard this May for a 58-city co-headlining North American tour. They'll play PPG Paints Arena on June 2nd. Neil Diamond's wife is reporting thousands of fans are donating their refunded tour ticket money to Parkinson's research and other charities. Diamond announced his retirement from touring this week after being diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. The veteran singer-songwriter himself responded to the news of the fans' generosity by thanking them on Twitter for their outpouring of love and support. He will be presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Recording Academy at the Grammy Awards this Sunday night in New York City. And we didn't mention this yesterday, but L.A. Lakers uh, legend Kobe Bryant is adding Oscar nominee to his <laughs> list of accomplishments. Dear Basketball was nominated for Best Animated Short for the 90th Annual Academy Awards. Five-minute film is based on the poem that he wrote when he announced his retirement in 2016. Bryant also narrates it. Uh, the short is animated by Disney's Glenn Keane and the music by Oscar-winning composer John Williams. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, pretty big. Uh, The 2018 Academy Awards will be held on March 4th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. Windy and cold flurries today. Temperatures in the mid-30s. It's 31 at DVE. Mike Pursuit will have your sports bottom of the hour. The the Pens last night get a nice W at home. Real nice. Against Carolina. 
and uh, big effort from some of the new guys. Yeah, the coach pulling the right goaltender string again. <laughs> yeah, Casey DeSmith. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, you know his finger on the pulse of the of the squad. There seems to have a feel for who should play and when. Hmm, he should be the coach. <laughs> Mr. Wednesday, <laughs> Jeff Conkle hanging out with us. Shake at his touch and you tremble at what he might say. And you're looking for Mr. Wednesday. Oh, yes. Yes, you're looking for Mr. Wednesday. Well, he's here. I'd just like to point out with the, the news of Slack's departure that he was the originator of the Mr. Wednesday theme song. Because yeah. he and can't will... hear correctly. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. an amazingly awesome mistake. Wait, what happened? He couldn't hear properly. You're yeah. welcome. Well, you were yeah. softly we pitching were... the Arrested Development yeah. thing over and over again. It never we were, quite We were singing the melody, <laughs> Mr. Wednesday. And, and he... Th- didn't realize the the melody of that song and looked up legit like looked up Mr. Mr. Wednesday. Wednesday. And lo and behold. <laughs> well, thanks to to Slack's uh diligent work there. We have a theme song that you'll never be able to get out of your head and start you off in a very creepy mood every single Wednesday. Uh comedian Jeff Conkle hanging out with us. Men's Health Magazine has come up with a uh, a way to find out, are you micro-cheating? Does micro-cheating count as cheating in your relationship? Oh, boy. Always an excuse. It's just micro-cheating. Micro-cheating. Watching porn by yourself. Micro-cheating. Yikes. Is it? Um, what if it's uh, watching a cam girl by yourself? Where it's just you and her. Mm-hmm. Difference? Yes. <laughs> I think, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. intended audience. It's like, I mean, I don't yeah, see how that's any different than going to like a strip club because there's a, uh, she can uh, say your screen name, then right. you're on an intimate basis. <laughs> it's it's the lazy man strip club. Well, it's the drive through of strip clubs. There, um, Most men don't think it's cheating six percent think it's cheating uh 40, what if their wife did it with a guy would they think it was cheating? probably a, a lot curious. more 47 percent of women think that's cheating micro cheating yeah that's watching tv what if it's the same cam girl oh my god mike just <laughs> mike just told on himself that's watching tv <laughs> okay well court conflicts <laughs> over porn uh skyrocketing uh, of course porn fuels a lot of arguments in relationships they're saying hey get, try to get her into the porn this is good men's health perspective here men's health magazine hey try to get her into the porn they say that you should try to cheat your wife uh, treat your wife rather <laughs> you uh, a little more like a paramour like a lover like the one like you're, you're whoa, cheating you're... with oh try to get her into that and then if not all right well reboot start over what about having dinner with someone you're attracted to no. That's a slippery slope. Can't be in a room with anyone <laughs> 60, outside a mother. Sixty-two percent of women say, "Yeah, no." If you know 
you have you the, got the hots for yeah that's you can't do it See, that's like, micro cheating this is this is one of the things that i think is a weird thing that you have to navigate now because i i have to take people out for lunch i'm in sales so i have to take people out for lunch no problem to take guys out to lunch take them out one-on-one talk about things i'm not going to invite just a uh some lady out to lunch <laughs> Like, just one-on-one. First of all, I think my wife, no matter how big the business opportunity, is going to have a big-time problem with that. Yep. Plus, I just don't. I just feel like there's tension there even when there isn't any. So I just I, I, I can't go down that route. Don't you think that's, that's a tricky very, thing? That's to, very honest of you. Well, don't you think that's a, that's a tricky... I don't want to put them in an uncomfortable position. I don't want to be in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. But especially, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, especially I now. It's just there's a, there's a weird vibe in the air. Where I feel like every woman is like, is he one of the monsters? <laughs> well, that's if I ever do do that, I always take a second. There's always a there's always a neutral. There's three people there so that there can be you know that it just eases the tension. That when you're in a group setting, there's it no takes the pressure. Yeah, it's, there's no pressure there. My friend's boss, she has to go on a trip, and uh, he they're going like to Asia for work, and. Her boss is like, we should do a couple day trips when we're there. She's like, for sure, yeah. I mean, we're going so far. And he keeps sending beach destinations. Like, oh, look at this. Oh, we can go to this waterfall. And you see, hang like, out and you can go. And then she, I have a problem with that. She's like, um, how about we go to museums? And he's like, no, look at this beach. It, okay, how know. about you go to the beach? And I'll go to the museum. And I was like, like this nude beach. Does this guy open a newspaper or or uh, his computer and look at the news ever? <laughs> does he have any idea what's going on out there right now? How this is the kind of behavior that is being highlighted as inappropriate at best, and that this is what leads to the horrible situations because women feel like they have to go to the beach with their boss. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a break. Don't you feel like the bar is so low now, though, to prove that you're not a bad guy? <laughs> like, it's really easy <laughs> to just not be a creep. Yeah. It's like, wow, this I'm walking on easy street here. <laughs> yeah, but I th- feel like the bar is just to ignore them entirely. Because yes. as Aziz Ansari's story in the backlash says that the bar is actually quite low to be have your life ruined by a an incident like that. Don't you think? Yeah. It's sort of both ways. Boy. I think that now at least everybody's radar is so up that there's really no excuse to put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. But there's also no accounting for people's uh, perception of reality, like uh, uh, like that girl in the uh, the Aziz and Sorry story. So that's why whenever I'm around girls now, I always have a note taker present. It's good. <laughs> I'm wearing a body cam. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a work spouse! You always you bring this up and. The uh, I think everybody has. I think everybody has that. Yeah, I don't really consider that like untoward, though. Unless you're telling deep dark secrets that you would never share with your. Well, that's the tricky part of it. Is where just somebody that you're close to of the opposite sex. I don't think that's a big deal. Because if it was really having a work spouse, wouldn't you be fighting about stuff all the time? It'd be you have a work friend that you like, then your work spouse, you'd be like, all right, we're in this together. Yeah, yeah. The, the work spouses just figure out the mundane uh, uh, tasks available to get through the day. There's no romance going on there. Whatsoever. Did you change the water bottle earlier? You totally screwed it up. Uh, you didn't 20, reload hey, the stapler. It's your turn. How to, many it, times? It's your turn to change our boss's pants. Twenty nine percent of men say having a work spouse is cheating. They think. Wow. That, uh, yeah. 
33% of women. Only mm. one in three women think their husband having a, or significant other having a work spouse is cheating. That surprises me. I, yeah, I'm surprised that. I would think much more women would not have a problem with that for some reason. This one's hilarious. Keeping your dating profile. Uh, uh, how is this a not 100 and 100? That's pretty weak. <laughs> Only 68% of men think that's cheating. 83% of women think that's a cheating. A mutual friend of, of Jeff's and I, Jerry, used to say like whenever he was with his wife, he was pretty sure that he was going to divorce her. And he was like, I stay in club shape. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, what does that mean? He's like, I'm just... If if this ends, I could be at the club tonight. I'm <laughs> in hilarious. that kind of shape. Yeah, you got to stay. Yeah, you never know when you might get called Not into action. Pod. That's right. So he was keeping his literal dating profile. Yeah, he, he his had body. His, yeah. he had his volunteer fireman uniform on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sexting. Now this definitely is definitely cheating. Ninety four percent of women definitely. How about guys? Seventy five percent. One out of every four guys is like, "What's a big deal?" Well, there, there's your. That's the real point of this test is that they you just ferreted out who's actually cheating right mm-hmm. there. That that twenty five percent. Because usually sexting leads to something. Well, the next thing yeah. it's a gateway uh, flirt. For some reason, they differentiated. Between sexting and sending racy photos. Oh no, it's a, it's the same thing. Same. No, well, it's I, also cheating. Well, it's it's either the eggplant emoji or your <laughs> eggplant. I mean, there's a pretty significant difference, I think. They ask people south of the Mason-Dixon line. They're like, "What's wrong with sending pictures of the NASCAR race?" <laughs> Women, ninety-one percent, same uh, as uh, sexting for guys. One out of four guys thinks it's fine. Ah, it's a big deal. I sent my wang. <laughs> You're mad at that. Wang. Following an ex on social media. This is tricky because I think there are different types of exes. Yeah. I have, you know, there's one ex who I cannot, I cannot, I can't. You know, there's a couple I don't follow. Most of them I'm friends with, but But a couple that I just can't do it. You can't unfollow? No, I can. Fo- oh, you can't, I can't oh, follow. You can't follow. Okay, okay. Yeah, like. I thought it was you can't unfollow. No, because it's a slippery slope and then it's, you know. Then you're sliding down the slope. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I just I had this like awakening like probably middle of last year where I I had all these I had you know I have like 600 Facebook friends and I was really thinking I was like you have maybe seven real friends mm-hmm. so this is a wildly inaccurate number and I was like and you don't live by these people you've never seen them and probably you didn't even know them that good to to begin with so unfollow 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 and my life has been way better delightful. Yeah, I got to agree because you're with not Jeff worried there. about what everybody like th- these these people. While they did play a role in your life at one point, they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of tracking them? It se- it started to dawn on me that that seems creepy. Yeah, no question. I started unfollowing people, and it was one of the great joys I watched that I've ever it. had. You were so happy. It was it bring. I I started rationing it because I was worried that I was going to come to the end. Yeah. So I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. I'll just save ten here. It's like a little shot of dopamine. Like anytime I'm feeling low, I'm just like, well, I'll unfollow a couple people. And I have a couple shots just to myself that I say as I unfollow them. Yeah. But don't you? Like a a nice inner monologue. Yep. Just shots to the head. Nice shirt, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you're alligator arming it a little bit? Like, so on Facebook, there's a chance to unfriend or unfollow. And I feel like I. 
I didn't do the capital punishment, which is just unfriend. unfriend. We're not friends anymore. Oh yeah, I unfriended. You went. Oh, so you yeah. went full tilt. I went full tilt. Okay. I short armed. Highly recommend it. My- uh, I do the unfollow on Facebook a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to see it, but I don't want you to think that I just right. t- ticked you off the boat. No, I want you to know. Speaking of uh, exes, my friend, she's dating a uh, high-profile athlete in Cincinnati, and his ex follows her on Instagram. Mm. So she sees on the you can you know when you have like a story on Instagram or Snapchat, you can see who yeah. sees it. That's yeah, a crazy and she person. sees that that ex is always looking at her stuff. Ugh. So now she follows the ex, so she sees all of her stuff too. It's very uh, gotta keep an eye. That on seems things. healthy. It's very catty. That's terrifying. It's that, get, it's that scene at the end of Reservoir Dogs, but spying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's phones. They're pointing phones. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. We're all looking at each other. So um, following an ex on social media, both sexes, 15% think that's micro-cheating. These were all micro-cheats, by the way. I kept, I forgot to keep uh, no, emphasizing that. Some of them are just flat-out cheating. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> Sexting is cheating? It's not micro-cheating? Yeah, there's the intent. I agree with you. I think sexting is definitely cheating. And it goes above micro-cheating. Um, <clears throat> having a work spouse, eh, maybe micro-cheating. Nah. Eh, might be micro-cheating. It depends on what you're revealing. Yes. If you tell Agreed. your work spouse things that you don't want to tell your wife. Yes. Agreed. Or husband. Long as it's a loveless marriage. <laughs> <laughs> micro-cheating. Because everything needs to be done as quickly as possible these days. Or as slippery as possible. A quick little, tiny little cheating ex- escapade. Just a quick one. It's small. Um, Just a dab. But yeah, following an ex on social media, it's it's risky. Um, they say the level of discourse is the way to know if it's crossed the line. If something along the lines of, gosh, sounds like it's having a hard, you're having a hard time with your wife. Or something along oh, those lines. Oh my god, I'd be in the car with a shotgun. Right. <laughs> what if it's a lot of remember when we did this? No, nope, that's done when too. We did that? So if my wife had a very, very serious boyfriend before she met me, and they had a messy breakup. And this is why I love my wife, is that she tore she basically went full eternal sunshine of the spotless mind nice, on him. Like really? no pictures, all anything where she looked good where he was in the picture, cut out. Like just just with her, and I was like, "God damn, I love that!" Yeah. Like, never existed. <laughs> never Eternal existed. sunshine of the spotless mind. <laughs> I thought I, you know, we watch that movie. It's impossible to not be like, "Yeah, there's definitely one or two things I would like to just, oh like, yeah, completely erase the whole wipe." I'd wipe. say most of eighth grade. <laughs> Quick break. We're gonna come back. Mike Pursuta <laughs> will have a sports update for you. The Pens get a nice W at home last. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's up? Penguins back in action last night against Carolina, and the Hurricanes grabbed the lead in the middle stages of the second period, but the Penguins didn't stay behind for very long. And the Pens break out of their own end. Dominic Simone to the right wing comes in. Penalty coming up, and he takes a shot from the right wing circle and beats Ward. No penalty will be called. We've got a tie hockey game. Holy cheese and crackers. Dominic Simone, who hasn't seen a lot of ice time here tonight, comes on for this shift from the right wing dot area and rips a shot the left-hander by Ward to tie the game. Yeah, 49 seconds after falling behind, the Penguins tied it at one, and they needed just a little over a minute later to 
take their first lead of the night. Whip it up the left wing and we'll come on to Russ. Russ to the game zone, back to D in front, he scores! And the Penguins have taken the lead just like that. JSD picks up the goal and he is smiling like a butcher's dog. The Penguins exploding here in this second period. Yeah, Simone at 8.03, John Sebastian D, his first career NHL goal at 9.19, and the Penguins uh, were able to close the game out from there. Drop of the puck, and who's going to win this? Van at the final score. Tonight, the Penguins back on the winning track. They defeat the Carolina Hurricanes. The Penguins three, Carolina one. Jake Gensel added a goal in the third period for the Penguins. The most interesting thing to me is not that JSD got his first NHL goal. It's not that all three of the Penguins' goals came at even strength, which is something that's been troubling mm-hmm. uh, too often this season. That's a good sign. But how about Mike Sullivan turning once again to Casey DeSmith in net? Matt Murray back, but probably not ready to get all right. the way back after experiencing the death of his father and everything that involves. But uh, Jean... But uh, Tristan Jerry's the backup, right? Except Casey DeSmith's been playing well of late. And Mike Sullivan keeps playing him. And he played Third well start in a row? Played well again last night. 34 stops on 35 shots. I bet he plays again it's Thursday incredible. against Minnesota. Right? Why wouldn't he at this point? Sure. And did you think Tristan Jari was having like a rocky go? No. Like I thought he was doing pretty good. No, I agree with you. thought he was doing fine. You play well for Mike Sullivan, you get to play again. It's a fickle beast, that that goaltender position. Seems to be here, at least. Uh, Penguins <laughs> improved to 26-21-3 for 55 points. Uh, the standings are so jumbled. Penguins are actually only a point behind the Devils for second place in the Metropolitan Division. But the Flyers and Blue Jackets are also between the Devils and Pens in the division standings. In the wild card standings, the Penguins are now the second wild card in the East. Columbus is first with 55 points. Pittsburgh second with 55. The Rangers and Islanders are the first teams on the outside looking in with 53. That's probably going to be that way the rest of the year. You're going to go from being second team out in the wild card, then you win two in a row and you're third in the division, yeah. and they'll they'll jockey all the way uh, down the closing stretch of the season. But the Penguins starting to do the things that they're going to need to do to make the postseason on a more consistent basis. Three even strength goals pretty big deal last night. And beating the Canes is a pretty big deal. First time they had beaten Carolina in three tries. Right you are, Bill. Minnesota's here on Thursday night. Welcome home, Dad. Yeah, Matt Cullen coming back. Be a and nice video for him, I'm sure. Maybe they could. It's uh, I think it's 80s night. <laughs> nice. Honoring one of the worst decades in franchise history. I'd make do you it, think Potash goes full wham, or what's he going to do? <laughs> I'd make it taunt the Vikings night. Why taunt the Vikings? Because they didn't make the Super Bowl again. Yeah, maybe we can uh, throw, find, a way to, find a way to jeer them through the television. Just show highlights of the Steelers-Vikings Super Bowl. There you go. That was in the 70s, unfortunately. Oh, wow. It's 80s night. Sure. Maybe you can Photoshop like characters from 80s TV shows watching the game and reacting in the background to Fran Tarkenton getting sacked. There you go. Like All of a sudden, Shelley Long is like, oh, my God, in the middle of it. <laughs> Eric Estrada, I'm sure, is available. <laughs> right, yeah, you know. Did you see like the uh, 
mugshot of Erie late in the game last night. Oh, yeah. That stash. The mustache and the wavy 80s hair from when he was drafted. Oh, I missed it. I Porn stash bibs. You don't mess around. <laughs> the New England Patriots have announced they're going to wear their white jerseys in Super Bowl 52. It was their choice. They're the home team. Eagles will wear the green. Teams wearing the white jerseys have won 12 of the last 13 Super Bowls. Jeez. The Eagles are in their third Super Bowl. They will be wearing green for the third time. They are 0-2 so far. I see those trends continuing. So it's over. Yeah. As do I. And uh, we don't talk a lot of NBA on the program, but uh, got to acknowledge LeBron James who became the NBA's seventh player all-time to reach the 30,000 career point plateau last night. Gonna take a wild stab at the other six. Uh, Wilt, correct. Jordan, correct. Irving, no. Uh, Russell, Carl Malone, Carl Malone, yes. Bill Kareem. Russell, no. Kareem, yes. Kobe, Kobe, yes. And we'll never get the last one, so I'll just tell you, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. You could have been guessing a long time. Yeah. I'm guessing well, that guy's been that. speaking of since the '80s. Dirk Nowitzki's been on a team since the '80s. It seems <laughs> like. I mean, he's he's got the fountain of youth. He do, you know, he really does. You see him, and he looks the same all the time. He's and got the fountain of Hitler's once. youth. <laughs> <laughs> the tall German. <laughs> LeBron's the youngest guy ever to get to thirty thousand points at thirty-three years and twenty-four days old. That's uh, a little bit younger than Kobe Bryant, who was 34 years and 104 days when he got there. So, good for him. Good for Cleveland. They needed something good to happen, right? Hey, they got Todd Haley. Good news comes in twos, apparently. <laughs> good news comes in twos, Cleveland. I don't know. Look, Todd Haley's going to make them better. I think he is, too. I There's agree. no question. I mean, he Todd Haley to made the postseason <laughs> everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he went to the postseason. He Super Bowl with the uh, Cardinals, AFC Championship with the Steelers, postseason when he was a head coach. That's uh, all going to stop. That's but like I'm not saying he's going to take them to the postseason because I don't think they're. I think they're that much of a mess. You don't think they're going to go from? But this idea to... that that he he stunk is so ridiculous. I get that you don't like him, and he has to go if not just the quarterback doesn't like him, but the offensive line coach who you are, you know, crediting with keeping your quarterback upright for the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get along with them and he has a chance to go be a head coach somewhere, you had to appease him. I get all that. But Todd Haley made a couple bad calls. There's no doubt about it. But, man, did he get blamed for a lot of stuff that wasn't his fault. Now, all the off-the-field stuff, all his fault. Yeah, it's kind of like that uh, crazy hot chick. High maintenance. You know, the hotter they are, the more crazy you're willing to put up with. And he just didn't quite. Uh, I don't know if he wasn't quite hot enough or a little too crazy, but uh. <laughs> he wasn't hot enough, and he was a little too crazy. <laughs> but people are saying he was ugly. No, he was not. Yeah, I, I mean seriously, the, the they offense got, was really. He was brought here to help try and change Ben's game and extend Ben's career, and. Those missions were accomplished, and and Ben took that personally. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, yeah. is like Todd Haley seems to be the kind of guy that has no interpersonal relationship skills with people he works with, and especially people he coaches. So when he came in here and he got into a pissing match with Ben from day one, that was a really bad idea. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, he was brought in to be the bad cop. I know. In a manner of speaking. And so, he was. You don't, you don't have everybody on the staff the exact same, usually. You, you know, some guys that they cry on their shoulder and some guys they kick them in the ass. But I, And I'm, I'm okay with letting him go, but, like, everybody's like, yeah, he's gone. We got Randy Feekner now. Explain to me. Why everyone's excited about this? I just, just think it's putting the same guy, a different guy, in the same position. It's it's it, between him and Ben. It's I'm your boss, but I have no authority over you. Right. So how yeah. can you expect anybody to succeed in in that? Well, do you think Tom Brady's offensive coordinator has authority over him? No, I don't. That's a that's a great question because that guy's been a head coach before. He's going to be again. Yeah, and they've had some famous. Blowouts. 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 Well, that's what I'm saying. Line. I don't I, think this is like for the people who want to blame Ben for being a diva and not listening to his coach. I'm hey, when you get to the level where Ben's at, where Brady's at, you know, Aaron uh, Rodgers probably has something to say about what goes on no in his question. offense. No Drew question. Brees probably has something to say about what goes on in his offense. So these guys are they don't take coaching the same way. It is more of a collaboration. I get that. But what is Randy Feekner bringing to yeah. the table? One of the things that Haley always told me about the changing bench, he's, he never, at least Haley said they never told Ben you have to get rid of the ball more quickly. But they would just continue to point out, you know, if if you had thrown it earlier there, you had the back and we would have gained eight yards instead of you losing your spleen. Or, you know, just try to right, right. lead him to water and get him to want to drink it as opposed to, you know, got to do it this way, got to do it this way. But it was definitely a, a change in approach that they had to – get Roethlisberger to step in line with. And I think he did for the most part. And I think, you know, he's a lot of those run-pass option calls at the line of scrimmage, he called runs a lot of the time. He gets them in the right play a lot of the time. He's a very good, his own offensive coordinator. Just You get in a big game against Jacksonville, and all of a sudden, you know, old habits take over, and you're holding the ball, holding the ball, holding mm-hmm. the ball, and then they're kicking an extra point. Yeah. All right, quick break. We'll be uh, right back. More with Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday. All right, it's the DV Morning Show. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, hanging out with us here this morning. The uh, Super Bowl next weekend, I was just saying that the, the Todd Haley conversation triggers me because I don't know how we had an upgrade there. I'm all for, yeah, get rid of him. But, like, did we just upgrade at offensive coordinator? I think we with appeased a guy? our quarterback. Right. Well, that, that, can be good in, that can be good in its own way. Uh, if, the, if Ben wants to have veto power, I have no problem with it. But I'd rather have somebody who has a little more experience and could bring stuff to the table. And, you know, he has experience with the Steelers. I'll say that. But uh, from a play-calling perspective, I don't know. It's a question mark. They, I could easily be – it could easily be explained to me why my concerns are uh, – you know, without merit, but uh, that has yet to happen. A non-scientific poll has proven what you probably already knew. <clears throat> the entire country wants the Patriots to lose in the Super Bowl, <laughs> except New England and North Dakota and Jeff Conkle. Why do you want them to win? I went to Penn State, and I have developed a deep and unabiding hatred and really a um appreciation for every time that they lose in a horrific fashion. The Eagles, the, the Philadelphia team. Any Pen- Philadelphia team. Any Philadelphia team. Eagles in particular. Penn State is basically half Philly, yes. half Pittsburgh. Yes. I never knew that there was even a rivalry no, until neither. I went up there. Yep. And they were pouring it on so that when the Eagles lost to the Patriots the first time around, we were all thought that was hilarious. And then the next year, I think it was, it was my senior year, the Steelers won the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. 
So the joy that that brought me as my time in college <laughs> came to a close was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. we were rioting in the streets, like chanting Philly sucks as opposed to like, here we go Steelers. Yeah, I uh, went to Penn State also, and I wasn't aware of that dynamic till I got there. And it was to the point where there would be um, bars would show Flyers Penguins games, and Oof, uh, there that's would, a bad idea. And, have special, and it would be, you know, it wasn't like it turned into a riot every time, but it was damn near one. And I that was the first time I thought like, oh yeah, okay, uh, these guys hate each other, and I had no idea, zero, none. Seem to be. I, I will say, I'm going to put all the blame on the Philly fans. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's, oh, it's, it's I'm not the instigators. Yeah, there's no doubt. Almost uniformly, 100 percent of the time, I went up there. I used to party with friends that went to Penn State. Almost, it was like every other weekend. And I remember being up there in my Heinz Ward jersey, and a bottle just crashed yep. at my feet. And I look across the street, and it's all these Eagles fans. And I'm like. We're not even in the same conference. What's your problem? But I learned something about the nature of hate just in general in when experiencing that because even though like I wasn't the first active participant, I sure as heck returned it with a vigor and kept the cycle going. When the Steelers won the Super Bowl, me and my friend went around. There was basically near riots going on up there. So my friend and I went around. We were just pulling bushes out of the front of hotels and stuff like that and throwing them in the general direction of Philly fans. Yeah. And now, four <laughs> years ago, I would have never even thought to do something like that. But enough incidents nope. where I got a bottle thrown at me made me want to throw a bush at somebody. So <laughs> they really are. The, it was a Huckleberry the, the bush. The craziest and most vile fans in the league. The only states. Now, this, this gambling website basically used hashtags to determine which states fell where their uh, uh, dedication was uh, directed to. Fly Eagles Fly, hashtag Go Eagles, hashtag Go Pats, hashtag Go Patriots. And they found out that, when this is very non-scientific, every state except for Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, and North Dakota are rooting for the Eagles to win this game. Lesser of two evils. I, I, for some reason, make the distinction between the Eagles and... The uh, the Flyers. The Flyers, I hate. The Philadelphia fans, like if the Steelers had to play the Eagles, I'd be leery about having to contend with the Eagle fans. <laughs> I would, for oh, sure. Yeah. But it doesn't, I don't watch that team and go, oh, I hate the Eagles. I hope they lose. It just, but see, like, at no, this their team isn't hateable. Actually, I thought one of their storylines this year with Carson Wentz and. I thought that was a great right. storyline. I was rooting for him. His uh, shoulder was operated on by the Steelers' doctor. Dr. James Bradley did the uh, rotator cuff or whatever it was that was wrong with uh, Carson Wentz. But see, like, at, at, I'm at the point now where if the Patriots win another one, what's what other damage is that doing? Everyone's going to say, well, they tied the Steelers in Super Bowls. Well, if you look at the Patriots, don't you think that they deserve to at least be on the same tier as you know all the the Steelers dynasties and franchises. Ah, uh, yeah, it's more impressive in some ways. So at that yeah, point, I, like it's diminishing it's returns at, 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 for me. Yeah. Well, the, the diminishing return for me is the uh, the word yesterday that unfortunately there will be no in sync reunion at the halftime performance of Justin Timberlake. Oh. Sad. <clears throat> it's been ruled out. Justin Timberlake obviously is your halftime entertainment in a couple of weeks, and uh, they asked Joey Fatone. Fat one. Fat's in his name. TMZ caught up with him, and as always, TMZ doing all the groundbreaking journalism. 
And by caught up with him, they mean he came to their office voluntarily because he had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, the, everybody else, they chase we off caught a plane up with him. LAX. Him, he's like, will you guys please talk you to You guys want to do an interview? Caught up with him. What, they just went to the Dunkin' Donuts he always goes to. Well, so he's walking around in L.A., and they asked him, like, hey, going to do an NSYNC reunion? Justin's doing the halftime show. And he's like, uh, I'm here right now. If I was doing something at the Super Bowl, I'd be at rehearsals. So, obviously, there's your proof. Uh, he also shot down the Janet speculation. He's not that kind of person. He's not controversial like that, saying, like, he's not going to bring her back and have a, uh, you know, make good <laughs> oh. for the way he bailed on her back in, was it 2002? 2000? What, what Super Bowl was that? I can't remember. remember. Well, at any rate. He bailed on her? I don't really remember. Like, what? I don't really. He, fa- he bailed it's all, it's all on the backlash like that came. He, he sort of got away scot-free in that whole. And people asked him about it. He goes, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know anything. It just, all of a sudden, that just happened. I mean, I had nothing to, like, saying things like, I had nothing to do with it. If it happened now, it would actually be more believable because, you know, she's nursing. She just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she could be like, I was, yeah, I was wearing my, my, my nursing bra. And then he could come out, like, he could pop up from under the stage, like, on the hydraulics, like, dressed as a baby. With, <laughs> like, a bonnet on. Yeah. It's a thought. Yeah. I don't know. His new album looks hilarious. Like The, wo- the woodsy one? Man of the woods. Yeah. Man of the woods. Justin Timberlake. Oh, good. That's what I think of, of when, you know. He's doing the R&B Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone's been clamoring for. <laughs> R- I love R- this R&B. R&B stands for rolling around with a bear. <laughs> I love these soothe, smooth sounds, but where's all the woods talk? He's going to sleep like, you know, inside Jimmy Jam or whatever that guy's name was, the producer. <laughs> uh, at any rate. Uh, he's inside Rick Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. The inside smells just as bad as the outside. Uh, All right. (laughs) Jeff Conkle uh, with us. What do you got coming up? Uh, I got a couple shows in February. I got the Drinking Partners, and then I'm down at the casino on the uh, 22nd. So the Drinking Partners down at the arcades on the 17th, and the uh, uh, the casino's on the 22nd. Have fun, man. That last arcade show sold out. So get your tickets. Nice. Good deal. Val's got news next. Uh, we're going to talk coming up at the top of the hour about uh, some of the bands participating in the New Orleans Jazz Festival, which yeah. we're a big fan of. And also, we will talk about how booze, you may, you guys may want to lay off it a little bit. Well, Dry January. We'll talk about Dry it January. Up. These are all micro-cheats, by the way. I, kept, I forgot to keep uh, no, some emphasizing that. Some of them are just flat-out cheating. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> sexting is cheating? It's not micro-cheating? Yeah, there's the intent. I agree with you. I think sexting is definitely cheating. And it goes above micro-cheating. Um, <clears throat> having a work spouse, eh, maybe micro-cheating. Nah. Eh, might be micro-cheating. It depends on what you're revealing. Yes. If you tell agree. your work spouse things that you don't want to tell your wife. Yes, agree. Or husband. Long as it's a loveless marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. I'm surprised show. on your lenient stance on the, on the uh, work spouse. Well, I think it's mainly because she has a work spouse. <laughs> I probably have a couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have like a mother hen type of like persona. 
And I don't I don't know why I look at like I always say it's because I grew up with all brothers. Like guys are just brothers to me a lot. Yeah. Of, you know, like No, you've always had a I lot of dude friends here at the station. Yeah. You've been close to a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. But that that's not spouse. I don't know. That's not work spouse. But again, it's what you're if you're telling secrets that you don't want your spouse to know about, that's different. Right. Like <laughs> like, listen, I think we should cheat on my spouse. <laughs> That's not okay. Don't tell her. What do you think? <laughs> this is becoming very macro. This is becoming macro cheating. This is one of the first jobs I've had where there's people of the opposite sex here. So for me, this has been a unique experience in terms of I like that work spouse thing. I'd never even experienced what that could even be. Like to me, a work spouse, a husband or wife is somebody you just go vent to. Yeah. Not like, oh, here are my dreams for my life. And yeah, I think the, I think the line kind of is when you share things with them that you wouldn't when you are right. distinguishing that that's where it comes into play, which is where otherwise it's just a friend. Yeah, but they call it the work spouse. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know either. It's because you're opposite sex. Probably. Like, when Madden comes in here, he wouldn't be like, Bill and Randy are, are my work spouses. <laughs> he actually does call us that. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Oh, good. We'll talk to him later His this morning. Husband. 9.45. <laughs> he says, uh, Madden, uh, Madden says, Mike Tomlin should not be fired, but he should change a lot. We'll explain what that is. Phil Bork talks pens. They had a nice W last night. Val's got news for you now. On you don't have to be fired. Just change everything. Yeah. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Breezy and cold today. Nothing more than isolated snow showers. 34 for the high. Tonight, down to 20 degrees with wind chills in the teens. Thursday, decreasing clouds. We'll see a little sunshine during the afternoon and a high of 35. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 31 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The California couple accused of torturing their 13 children will be back in court today. The Riverside County DA's office plans to ask a judge to bar David and Louise Turpin from ha- having any contact with their children before the case goes to trial. The two are accused of beating, choking, tying up, and torturing their kids ages 2 to 29. All of the children are now in a hospital recovering from those years of alleged abuse. I don't understand how that happened. I don't either. Just don't understand how that happened. Unless it's just a brainwashing. Because yeah. they said the, the one older oldest son was going to college and the mother would go with him and wait for him outside the class. Crazy. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's team interviewed Attorney General Jeff Sessions last week as part of the ongoing probe into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. There's no word on what Mueller asked about or what Sessions said. However, no subpoena was issued, so the meeting was entirely voluntary. Uh, Sessions was a key figure in Trump's campaign particularly on his foreign policy team. He recused himself from the Russia investigation when news broke that he had failed to disclose meetings with Russian officials during his attorney general confirmation hearings. I wonder if, uh, well, he perjured himself. I wonder if uh, Morgan Freeman drove him over there. Doesn't he look like Jessica Tandy and driving Miss Daisy? <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. But no, I never did bit. either. A little yeah. bit. 
Uh, a new study finds that holding hands can ease even excruciating pain. Told Re- you, Bill. Researchers <laughs> at the University of Colorado found that the mere touch of a loving partner can reduce pain sensation for someone who's hurting. Experiments with couples in long-term loving relationships found that the touch of a stranger or a partner's presence in the room had no effect on pain, but holding the hurting partner's hand significantly reduced the pain that person was feeling. Scientists in Sweden conducted a huge study and found that drinking just two drinks per day increases the risk of serious health problems like liver disease, heart disease, and certain types of cancer in men. Just two drinks. Might be too much. While scientists did sound the alarm about cutting She looks back. right at me. She goes, two yep. drinks. Just two. <laughs> and goes back to her story. Two drink minimum, Randy. Uh, he did sound the alarm about cutting back on the amount that guys are drinking. However, they were not able to offer a safe cutoff point, which I guess if two is too many, one would be one or none is your cutoff. Yeah. You get one or none. That's it. Well, hey, try January. I'll make up for a lot. Are you going to drink this this weekend? No. Not at all. I can't. Oh, yeah. Why not? I'll be laid up. Oh, yeah. So I won't be able to. But. uh, You probably could. But but tonight is (laughs) Slack. You definitely could. We're doing a going away party for Slack. Oh, yeah. Are you going to drink tonight? Well, I might use one of my February drinking days. Oh, here we go. Wait a minute. He's borrowing from other months now. (laughs) You can't do that? This is absurd. Where is it saying the rules of dry January that you can't borrow a February day? It's your month, your rules, I guess. That's what I think. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Hey, this is my dry January. (laughs) It's not really a dry January. It's just January. It isn't. Pretty dry. Uh -uh. Pretty, pretty dry. It's a pretty dry January. I got a pretty dry January. I'm fine with that. All right. It's not a dry January. Okay. It's a kind of dry January. (laughs) It's pretty dry. Theme cruises. Very, very popular right now. People, I cannot believe the rock cruises. There's Southern Rock, 80s Rock. Jam Band Cruise. Kiss Cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so now Harry Potter fans are being invited on a British cruise this summer. An American company is offering fans of the adventure series a trip down the River Thames this August. The trip on a luxury barge will take passengers to places that played a key role in the books and movies. Warner Brothers Studios will take part in the trip. The iconic sets and props from the movies will be on display at those locations. But if you plan on going, you got to start saving money. Uh, It holds eight guests Thirty-four thousand dollars. Whoa! For the cruise. <laughs> Thirty-four grand. That's a lot of Hufflepuff. Yeah, uh, people are that obsessed with that stuff, though. Yeah. That and that's no I, those river cruises are small. They're not giant cruise ships. And if they had like it, the sorting hat for when you get on to figure out what house you're going to, if you're going to go to Ravenclaw or Slytherin, <laughs> that'd be pretty fun. Well, when I went to Iceland, there was a bunch of tours for Game of Thrones. And there were all these buses that were just going to all the sites where they filmed Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And that didn't, I don't know. It just felt weird to me. I'm like, go see them by yourself. Don't go with a bus full of people who are, you guys are all basically, now your vacation's a TV show. Yep. But if you're a huge fan, then, but you're not a huge fan. I'm not, I will be. You haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll be into it soon enough. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But if there was a movie or a TV show that you could vacation and go like see all the spots. Charlie's where... Angels. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> the hell? Starsky and Hutch. Made you say really? that? I don't know. She just wants to go to Sun. Val has wanted to live on the Sunset Strip in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> Her entire life. Um, that is your dream time period, dream location. 
Probably, yeah, if I could go back in time. Yeah, a little later than 81. You you, you kind of... Yeah. The Guns N' Roses era, I think, yeah, but, probably be yeah, more your probably. scene. Yeah, probably. Or late 70s, even. Like Van, Van uh, Three's, Halen Three's Company, uh, Venice Beach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. It was super dirty back then. <laughs> the beach? Yeah, the yeah. whole area. And you could strip. go and buy a lot of real estate, though. For cheap. Sure. Which yeah. show would you live in? In a TV show? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the movie, I thought. I always thought it, like, it would be cool to like do an uh, Al Pacino Godfather 2 uh, hike through, uh, through Sicily. I- Italy, yeah. No, you're living in it, not visiting. Oh, just living in it? Yeah. Oh, living in it. Uh, I don't know. Definitely not room. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Split? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Trapped in somewhere. Now, I'm, uh, um, the next trip that we're putting together for Disney is is um, 2019 because that's when Star Wars lands op- oh. opens mm. up. My God, it's and gonna that's be a awesome. zoo. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome though. They've been, they did such a good job at relaunching the Star Wars oh. franchise. They really did. It's obnoxious a little bit, but you know it's better than that thing laying dormant. Plus, we it is it is clear we can't come up with any new ideas or the purchasing power lies with everybody over the age of 40 so you have to appeal to them and to their kids Mm. yep that might be it yeah and you know i was i was watching this uh documentary on netflix it was about toys it was like the toys that made us or something yes did you see that i didn't watch it but i saw it as a title and considered it and the first episode was about star wars toys and it's incredible because when the movie was just about to come out, they're shopping around these figures to try to get it done by toy companies, and all the toy companies are shutting them down. And they go to like I think Cincinnati, some little spot called like Kenner Toys or something like that. And those movies grossed like seven billion dollars. The toys made fourteen billion. Oh yeah! Wow. I mean That's the toys. It's just, and it was in succession. They were just printing money until The Phantom Menace. The prequel not only sucked as a movie, but the toys nobody bought. Well, if the movie's terrible, you're not going to move the merch. Right. I will say that BB-8 robot. Is that the little round thing? It's Mm -hmm. the coolest thing. It was like. so cute. I want to say it was like 150 bucks. Oh, the remote control? The remote control robot. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and it reacts to you. You can put it on hands-free and be like, Stormtroopers, and it's like, and it freaks out. and like, <laughs> It's just, it Dude. scares you a little because you're like, this is super cool. Also, he might be ordering things on Amazon for us. <laughs> the lineup for the 2018 New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival is out. A couple of big-name rock acts will be among the headliners, Aerosmith and Sting. Uh, Two of the top acts scheduled to perform at this year's annual event taking place over two weekends, April 27th through the 29th and May 3rd through the 6th. I'm assuming you're going to go. Yeah, I do do the May 3rd through 6th uh, all the time, which is uh, on Thursday night, Lionel Richie. Yes, uh, he is one of the acts on the lineup. Aretha Franklin, Steve Miller Band, Jimmy Buffett, Bonnie Raitt, and Buddy Guy also among the acts scheduled to perform. Sturgill, Isbell, a lot of good guys. Tickets are available now on the event's official website. David Byrne. ZZ Top is set to make its return to the concert stage with just a six-night residency in Las Vegas. Uh, this is the, the way to go for a lot of these older bands. Why not? Bands. Yeah. I, I Let think people th- come to you. You don't have to tour. 
people who are of the age to go see you have a ton of money to spend. <laughs> Is there another place besides Las Vegas where they could do this? Probably not. I mean, you know, Billy Joel does so. the Madison Square Garden once a month thing. Yeah, you could definitely do it in New York. I mean, I feel like ZZ Top could do it in Austin. But or that's something. like, yeah, probably. But Vegas is that's a big vacation. Yeah, for them it is perfect, and that's where all the money is. Yeah, hasn't Britney been just cleaning up out there? Yeah, she's become like the well, she always was a gay icon, and it it her show was like a big ticket. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal, and yep. she was also like when I was in college, she was the number one girl crush. Like every girl that I knew in college had a poster of Britney. Why is it that I feel so I'm like happy for her? She came back. Because her life completely fell apart. Yeah. She shaved her head and was chasing cars with an umbrella. That's why. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's that's probably that's why. why. Yeah. Cause every time I hear that she's like doing big business out there, I'm so psyched. Although I hope her dad is handling it well. Because her dad has control of her finances still, I think. I think her dad should be president. I think <laughs> United States should go into conservancy. We can't look at certain parts of the internet. <laughs> he controls our bank accounts. It's a great idea. Balance the budget. We have become the Britney Spears of countries. Yeah. We need to, we need her dad to come in and take control of things. We need to make America Britney Spears again. <laughs> ZZ Top will kick off their Sin City stint at the Venetian on April 20th with additional shows slated for 21st, 22nd, 25th, 27th, and 28th. Tickets go on sale to the general public this Friday. Last October, the band was forced to scrap the remaining dates of their tonnage tour due to bassist Dusty Hill battling what they described as a quote-unquote tummy ailment. Hmm. So apparently he's feeling much better. Tummy ailment. Following Brian Johnson's departure from ACDC in 2016 due to hearing problems, there were reports that he was looking into having in-ear monitors developed that might allow him to get back on stage someday. But during a recent interview with England's Sunday Times, he hinted that his singing days may be behind him. He said, quote, on stage, it was getting harder and harder to hear the guitars, even hear the keys. And I was basically going on muscle memory. And I'm not the kind of guy who likes to cheat. The way I look at it, I had a great run, end quote. Johnson now spends his time racing vintage cars and hosting his TV show, Cars That Rock. Well, that's a little different tone that he's striking there than when he was first replaced in that band. Well, time passes. He probably And he's didn't. like, yeah, they were right. I can't do it yeah. anymore. I mean, if he couldn't f- f- figure at the pitch, you didn't know where he was supposed right, to sing. Right, that's a little I mean. tough. Windy and cold flurries today, mid-30s for the high. It's 31 at DVE. Uh, on the way, Mike Pursuit of Sports. Uh, the Pens with a nice W last night. And um, Bill Crawford does an in-memoriam, as we do every year. We did the award ceremony, the uh, Black and Golden Globes yesterday. And like every award ceremony, you got to have the in-memoriam segment. So we'll say goodbye to things for the Pittsburgh Steelers 2017 edition. Also, Phil Bork, the old two-niner, live in studio, 845, double M. In the 9 o'clock hour, your chance at 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up at 8. WDVE. Penguins get the W last night. JSD with his first goal as a pro. Whip it up the left wing and will come on to Rush. Rush to the game zone. Back to D in front. He scores. And the Penguins have taken the lead just like that. JSD picks up the goal and he is smiling like a butcher's dog. The Penguins exploding here in this second period. Yeah, well, not as a pro, but, you know, in the, in the big leagues. And uh, Mike's got your uh, full account of what went down there last night. 
on the way for you in just a moment. Thousand bucks in workforce cash coming up. I uh, want to remind you, our buddy Greg Warren will be in studio tomorrow and Friday. Yes. He's at Club Cafe this weekend. Two shows on Saturday night. Get your tickets to see our friend Greg Warren at clubcafelive.com. It's clubcafelive.com. And, Bill, you're on those shows. I'm on those shows. Can't wait. Greg is one of my favorite comics to watch. If you've never seen him live, you really got to come out and check it out. Right on. Good deal. All right, Mike's next. Yeah, it's the time for sports. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. I had a little glitch. So we'll have a Nirvana Good. kick you off. I like this. Yeah, it's fine. Smells like Mike's sports. Smells like, <laughs> <laughs> smells like Casey DeSmith all of a sudden. How about, that? Well, yeah. He's what the, the hell's going on up. here? That kid is on uh, fire right now. Third straight start last yeah. night, and the Penguins beat Carolina 3-1. to one. The question in the immediate aftermath, why did Mike Sullivan choose to start Casey DeSmith? A relative nobody from nowhere for a third consecutive game. Well, to Sullivan, the question was, hey, why wouldn't he? Well, he seems like a, you know, a, a mentally strong kid. He's, he's, he's been through a lot. You know, he's a guy that's worked his way up from the East Coast League. And, you know, he's come up the hard way. Nobody's handed him anything. He's earned every, every bit of his, the opportunities that he's been given to this point. And so uh, I, think, I think when players go, go through that process and, and you know, earn, earn their, their way the hard way like he has, I think it gives you a certain resilience or you develop a certain resilience in order to have that success. Because a lot of people aren't willing to go through those, the, those types of challenges. And, and Casey obviously is one guy that's, that's shown a willingness to do what it takes to have success. And so what I've seen since he's been up with us is he's a guy that competes extremely hard. Uh, he's a great kid. He's a good teammate. He, he comes to practice every day. He just tries to stop the puck and get better. The games that he's been in, and you know, he had a couple of tough ones where uh, earlier in the year where we put him in, in relief uh, in some difficult situations. You know, the one, the one in Winnipeg comes to mind. Um, you know, to me right now, and, and that's a tough. That, that was a real difficult circumstance. But he he shakes that off and just uh, and, and just goes back to work. So uh, we're we're so thrilled for him. He's such a great kid, and he's uh, he's deserving. He's uh, he's a real good goalie. He's played extremely well to this point. The kids apparently arrived. He just got a uh, Sullivan soliloquy. One minute and thirty-one seconds. Wow! I like that you're timing them and then affixing a score. Well, I think he reveals a lot about his level of excitement mm-hmm. regarding a certain topic. The longer he talks about it, like most people, most people do that. Yeah. Um, I just I'm, when they get waxed, sometimes he's like, "Yeah, power play stuck." You know, <laughs> the word he bites the words off and he doesn't really want to go anywhere with it and get into too much detail but uh, well he... conversely Mike Tomlin spoke for like two and a half minutes about stuff uh, and didn't say a word yeah. in his closing press conference so your point's taken Casey DeSmith uh, one, another one of those guys the Penguins find a college free agent an undrafted guy they find him in the NCAA three years at the University of New Hampshire then he ends up at Wheeling then he ends up at Wilkes-Barre now he's in Pittsburgh, and he is having success. Got Did his, it the hard way, too. Earned it. I mean, he's been through a lot. It's his third tour of duty with the Penguins this year. Uh, first, uh, and you heard Sullivan mention that Winnipeg game where you get thrown in as a backup, and it doesn't necessarily go well. Or not a backup, as a relief guy. Uh, his first NHL exposure, Casey DeSmith, uh, gave up. 
Three goals on 15 shots on October the 29th at Winnipeg. That was after Matt Murray had given up four goals on nine shots. Pens end up losing that one seven to one. But uh, DeSmith made his first start January the 18th in L.A., won that one, started again on Saturday night in San Jose. Lost that one two to one, but played well enough to get the nod again. He said last night that uh, in this third tour of duty with the Penguins, he's just doing what he always does and being who he always has been. And he also had the theory as to why that has so far made him a fit in Pittsburgh. I guess maybe the way I prepare for games. Uh, I'm pretty loose. I joke around with the guys, play soccer. Uh, you know, I try not to get too hyped up, so maybe that has a little bit to do with it. Um, I try not to take myself too seriously, that's for sure. So I guess, I guess just not getting in my own head. 34 saves on 35 shots last night as the Penguins beat Carolina for the first time this season. 3-1. to one. That's now seven wins in the last ten games for the Penguins. They've got one more before the All-Star break. That's going up Thursday night against Minnesota. What do you think? Throw him in again? Do you want to get Matt Murray in before the All-Star break so he's not out of the picture too long? Do you want to go back I, to Jerry? I don't know that it would matter if you only give him one game before the break, if that does Still anything. Still a lot of downtime. Yeah, just kind of resets back to that mode. Maybe yeah. the prolonged rest will do him some good for a run that we're going to be Counting on him a, a whole bunch here. So what do you think? Roll with the kid one more time? Just for the fun of it, I sure. would. It's a developing story. Penguins at 26-21-3 and three for 55 points. They're fifth in the Metropolitan Division, but they are one point behind second place New Jersey. Now the Devils have played three fewer games than have the Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh also now in possession again of the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. It's Columbus with 55, the Pens with 55, and uh, the Rangers and Islanders are the first two teams on the outside looking in with 53 points each. Starting to uh, percolate a little bit at the old rink. Or maybe I'm just starting to pay closer attention. One of the two. Has it been percolating all along? Both things can be true, Mike. Interesting, too. You know, we uh, we saw last year and the year before that the Penguins get a significant bump from HL Wilkes-Barre Scranton when they need it. The ability to call guys up and guys able to step in here and perform and become key contributors. And uh, your two goal scorers last night were uh, Dominic Simone and John Sebastian D, who got his first NHL goal. JSD. JSD. Dynamite. And DeSmith, the goalie. So that, uh, that kind of had a Winnipeg, or excuse me, a Wilkes-Barre, Scranton hue to it, did it not? And the wily old vet- veteran uh, Gensel was chipping in, too. <laughs> and it's nice when you can get something from the old guys. The wily old veteran. That was a pretty play. Oh, that was an uh, awesome pass by Kessel. Shea forcing the turnover behind the goal line and then getting it to Kessel. Kessel having the ability to saucer that puck, you know, flip it up in the air over the sticks and get it onto the stick of Gensel. And then Gensel going up top, glove side. Pens play Minnesota Thursday night at PPG Paints. Arena. ESPN uh, going to investigate the possibility of bringing Peyton Manning in to be John Gruden's replacement for Monday Night Football. I would be in favor of that. I yeah, would. He'd probably be really good. I've always liked Peyton. I had enough Peyton. I don't, if it means he brings Papa John with him, then I'm not for That's it. That's what I mean. Then again, you're not supposed to be a stand-up on the Monday Night broadcast, right? Uh, well, look, I think that everybody's probably hoping to get what Romo is able to bring to the broadcast, but have more refined broadcasting sensibilities. Uh, 
Peyton Manning has way more experience. He's got more bona fides. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean broadcasting experience. Oh, I mean, uh, he hosted SNL. You know, I mean, he's yeah. done a ton of commercials. But Tony Romo's a way better player. <laughs> well, that notwithstanding, I mean, Romo has great information. It's just the way that he delivers it is really grating. I really enjoy Romo games. I, he's too much for me. But I, I think the only thing that he could could do a little bit more of is just let the silence happen. He fills every pocket just talking, and sometimes when you're listening to a game, hearing that noise of whatever the, is going on in the stadium isn't a bad yeah. thing. He's like Flounder in Animal House. Oh, this is going to be so great! Yeah, but it was in Animal House. The games. I know, but I don't need to hear it. The crowd is going crazy. I am already on eggshells. I don't need yeah. him to. He doesn't need to sell it. Right. We're watching because we think it's going to be great. Yeah, it's the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Good point. Good One point. score game. We know it's yeah. great. Yeah, they're like, oh boy, it's a two point game. Three seconds left. Big kick here. You know. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I didn't. I didn't play ten years in the league, but I got that. I, that's a good point. But I just he is. Uh, I I like a guy that thinks a step or two ahead as the game is going on. Mike Lang was great at that when he did television. Mike. He's great at that on radio still. Just lets it happen. Well, it's uh, you have to do a little more painting on radio, I think. Yeah. But just letting those big moments happen mm-hmm. and le- letting the crowd and, you, you know, you're in your living room and you can have that experience still. I think Lang is, is great because you can listen on the radio and tell if it's a semi-dangerous situation or if they're just whacking it around in the neutral zone right. or, or, you know, w- when a goal might be scored, you can tell before it's scored. Invariably. He picks up the intensity. He, yeah, He just projects that somehow. And as the color guy, Borky is perfect in his contribution because he goes in, tells you exactly what happened, recaps it, and then goes out. By the way, they were celebrating. Uh, I did the uh, Derek Schooley show last night out in Moon at the hangar, and I was driving home, listening to the radio, listening to the Penguins game in the second period, and it was the 30th anniversary of Phil Bork's first NHL goal. Oh, nice. Well, we'll have him on the show today at 845. And in so, Vancouver. They were having some fun with that. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to find that goal. Get that goal call, Slack. Yeah, good luck. That's it. You're done? I am. Val has your news coming up at the top of the hour couples argue about. What was that? You're going to talk about stupid things couples argue about? Yeah. Yep. Phil Borky, 845. Mark Madney, 945. <laughs> Madney. <laughs> Doesn't really work. Steelers in memoriam. You know, yesterday we did the Black and Golden Globes. Gave out the awards, but we didn't do the in memoriam segment. Bill has that for you when we return. DV, it's the DV morning show. Yesterday we did the, the Black and Golden Globes. And like in any award ceremony, there's always the in-memoriam segment where we say goodbye to those people we lost in the previous year. And here with the Steelers 2017 season in-memoriam, Bill Crawford helping us to remember those that we have lost. This is tough. It's a sad year. Yeah. Lost James Harrison this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he died, left us with nothing, and is being buried in a different cemetery with another family. <laughs> It's actually, it's more, it's tougher than that. It's more like um, a divorce and it's not, it wasn't amicable, you know, it was messy and there were kids involved and those kids were Lombardi trophies. I'm not saying years from now, we won't be able to look back fondly at some of our home videos with 
him pump slamming a Browns fan when the Steelers were up 40 to nothing on Christmas Eve or one of his franchise leading sacks. I'm just saying that based on his recent actions, we're suing for full custody and filing a restraining order. <laughs> Here's a quick synopsis of Debo's career. He was undrafted. He was cut three times by the Steelers. He played for the Ravens. He was cut by the Ravens. He was signed by the Steelers a fourth time. He won a Super Bowl. He was defensive MVP. He was held on every single play. He returned an INT 100 yards in the Super Bowl. He retired. He played for the Bengals in his retirement. He came back to the Steelers. He got Jarvis Jones cut. Then he got benched. He fell asleep in team meetings. He was asked to be cut. He was cut. He committed treason. He stripped sack Bortles. He's playing in the Super Bowl for the Evil Empire. Congrats, James. <laughs> On playing for every team in the division except the Browns and getting another win and ring with the White Collar Raiders. <laughs> we'll miss you. Todd Haler. Todd Haley? Todd Haler. Well, the offensive coordinator. Mr. Don't call me, I'll call you, but I won't actually call you and we'll get off on the wrong foot and not so secretly hate each other the whole time. Mr. Bubble Screen. <laughs> Mr. Halfback pitch on fourth down against the fastest defense in the league. <laughs> I actually think he got a raw deal here in Pittsburgh. He was blamed more than he deserved it. Poor guys found himself under the bus more than Bettis' wife. <laughs> and some people have claimed that the high-profile offense was all bark and no bite, all bluff and no bluster, all booster, no payload, all crown, no filling, all foam, no beer, all ham, no let. All hammer, no nail. All icing, no cake. All mouth and no trousers. All shot, no powder. All sizzle and no steak. All shake and no bake. All wax and no wick. All motion and no meat. All peekaboo and no hot dog. Motion, no meat. Wait, wait. All show, no go. All tequila and no cowboy. And to those people, I say this. I see your point. Fare thee well, Mr. Shattered Pelvis. Good luck in Cleveland. I hope you win one next year. Not a Super Bowl. One game. I, I hope you win one game. We'll miss you. Oh. Got a little tear. That was tough to hear. Sad. It really was. So many great things. No longer here. I don't know who's going to play Kendrick Lamar at Sharkies now. <laughs> Is that what Harrison did? No, nah, I thought I had that war with Haley on the uh, Spotify thing. He was playing Kendrick Lamar? Yeah, and I was playing stuff with guitar in it. You know, music. <laughs> Haley was playing Kendrick Lamar? Couldn't yeah. you guys meet in the middle and play Kendrick guitar? And he was arguing <laughs> with me that I hadn't evolved musically. And while he appreciated the stuff that I was playing, it was more appropriate for his basement in Upper St. Clair in 1978 than it was Sharky's <laughs> I like how he's accusing you of not evolving, and he was yes. hanging out with 21-year-olds <laughs> drinking a tequila cowboy. <laughs> hey, you haven't hey, evolved. Hey, Todd, you've evolved too much. Yeah. Guys, he's played club music for you, <laughs> telling you you haven't evolved. I kind of took that personally that, you know, I haven't changed. And he walks out into the parking lot, gets on his pogo ball, and just starts bouncing away. <laughs> Join the times, dude. Dude, whatever. Ways and I don't yeah, he pulls out just things. a big jar of molly and... <laughs> Dude, get with the times. Evolve, would you? Hand me my a, pacifier. A razor scooter around practice. <laughs> I got him with eruption. Van Halen eruption. That ended it. 
Uh, you know, it normally does. <laughs> you can't really. That was the A-bomb. <laughs> we were going back and forth for a while. Threw some Skinner at him. gave in and said Threw some Grishecki at him. There it is. Game set match, baby. What do you got next? All right, we're going late. Let's listen to Van Halen. DV. All right, all right. All right. Oh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Fala's news coming up. What do you got? We're going to talk about the stupid stuff that couples argue over. Which will probably cause an argument. <laughs> 845. Mark Madden. 945. This is what Todd Haley's listening to the whole way to Cleveland right now. Just jamming us in the car going, well, at least people listen to good music up there. I mean, I could dance to this. Yeah. I mean, it's imagine just sitting on top of a mechanical bull getting down to this. <laughs> Hasn't Britney been just cleaning up out there? Yeah. She's become like, the, well, she always was a gay icon, and it, it her show was like a big ticket. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Why is it that I feel so, I'm like happy for her? She came back. Because her life completely fell apart. Yeah. She shaved her head and was chasing cars with an umbrella. That's why. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's, that's probably that's why. why. Yeah. Because every time I hear that she's like doing big business out there, I'm so psyched. Although I hope her dad is handling it well. Because her dad has control of her finances still, I think. I think her dad should be president. I think (laughs) United States should go into conservancy. We can't look at certain parts of the internet. (laughs) He controls our bank accounts. It's a great idea. Balance the budget. We have become the Britney Spears of countries. Yeah. We need need her dad to come in and take control of things. We need to make America Britney Spears again. (laughs) Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bal Porter! What's going on? It's seven minutes after eight o'clock here at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Breezy and cold today. Nothing more than isolated snow showers. 34 for the high. Tonight, down to 20 degrees with wind chills in the teens. Thursday, decreasing clouds. We'll see a little sunshine during the afternoon and a high of 35. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 31 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Here's another bizarre story about a politician. Pennsylvania Congressman Pat Meehan says he had a deep affection for a much younger aide and told her he saw her as a soulmate. The Republican who represents a suburban Philly district made that admission yesterday, but Meehan says he never pursued a romantic relationship with a woman, even though he paid her a secret settlement. Meehan's comments to reporters are his first extensive response to a weekend report that he used thousands of taxpayer dollars to quietly settle the former aide's harassment claims. Yeah, it's hard to make the argument whenever there's a secret settlement involved with taxpayer money. Right. That's you're you're fighting an uphill battle there. How, how old is this guy? Uh, I don't know. He it looks like to be he's in like sixty. Yeah. And do we know how old she was? Young, much younger. So she's probably in her 20s. And my, like most people in their 60s who meet 20-year-old women, they think, you know what? Soulmates. God put us on the earth to be together, me and you. Clearly, we are supposed to be together, me, four full decades older than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to really think that the only way we'll truly evolve 
is mandatory castration for guys. <laughs> Instead of the art magazine, or maybe even in the art magazine, you just get a cleaver. Oh, I'm convinced the only reason men are civilized in any way is because of women. Huh? If women oh, were around, no you'd doubt. be completely oh, you uncivilized. Know. Well, that's why when you go on vacation, and we, if we have somebody in to do the news, I always want to make sure it's like we don't turn it into a locker room. Because when that guy does the news, all of a sudden it's like, it just turns into a, a complete locker room, and then we 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 are apes in like a, an hour. <laughs> yes, it doesn't take long. Like I've performed and done those uh, shows for where they're like they call them stag parties, where it's just all dudes. Worst crowd of all time. Like worst. Are you sure you weren't supposed to dance at that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. Maybe that's why they but, hated you. You know, that's probably come to think of it why they were throwing stuff. You were at supposed me. to be dressed as a cop. <laughs> But, like, if there isn't women in the audience to balance out the testosterone, it's a nightmare. How about that guy, though? He's in his 60s. Uh, you're yeah, my soulmate. 62. Was he married? Uh, I haven't read the whole article yet, but he's 62. 62. You. His, hang, you know, they up, say bro. half your age plus seven. His is like half your age minus seven minus five from there. Uh, divide it. You know. <laughs> Hardcore geometry. By the number of bypasses you've had. Mm. Track this. What a creep. The root. We're soulmates. Oh, I guess I have to sleep with you then, Gramps. <laughs> I didn't know we were soulmates. Thanks for mansplaining how I'm really attracted to you. I didn't realize I was because it's preordained. Well, I'm, I just can't imagine these young girls. I mean, it's it's a it's a real tough sled for them. Yeah. <laughs> so you what, know they always say like. Hey, you you ever heard this, Val? Why don't you smile? Oh. Come on, give oh, me a yeah. smile. Rosie O'Donnell just took some heat for that because she somebody tweeted a picture of Chuck Schumer and there's a woman who sits behind him. The congressman. I don't. Woman. No, she's a senator. I, I don't know what her name is, but yeah. she's. I mean, she's not up there having a fun time. And it's Rosie, not fun. Rosie tweeted, "Why is this woman never smiling?" <laughs> Rosie's an idiot. And she I took mean, a ton of heat for that. There's one thing Trump was right about. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you smile at a guy, he spends the rest of the day thinking he could have had sex with you. Right. Missed Connections is a list of people, of guys, who went to restaurants <laughs> and were waited on by women who they misinterpreted the phrase, can I get you anything, as, will you please be my soulmate and take me away from all of this? Can I service you? Right. I mean, they could rename Missed Connections as guys who were smiled at. <laughs> Hey, we were at the sheets, and uh, you looked over, and it, I mean, I think you were smiling. So anyways, want to bang? When I asked you no. where the hostess snowballs were, <laughs> you told me, want to have kids? <laughs> no. Uh, University of Pittsburgh officials are placing all fraternities and sororities on social probation after what they call a serious alcohol incident. Pitt News reports an unidentified student was hospitalized last Thursday night. Last year, Penn State fraternity pledged Timothy Piazza died after falling downstairs and not receiving medical treatment until hours later. Piazza reportedly had 18 drinks in less than 90 minutes. You know, I used to always think that uh, all of this stuff happened when I was in college. And, you know, it's you know, it's nothing new. It's the same problem that we've always had. But lately, last five, six years, it feels different. It feels really? like 
it feels so much more aggressive than it ever used to be. And I think that the idea of people like maybe get it, like having stuff on video, being able to document it, the way that people uh, ingest entertainment now being different, that it is like turned around. Val, people are eating Tide Pods. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And making drinks and donuts to look like Tide Pods. Yeah. So I don't. I, it just feels like everything's different. But uh, to the Tide Pod issue, have you guys noticed there's a lot more Tide Pod commercials than there used to be? They're <laughs> yes. really capitalizing yeah. on oh, this yeah. everybody's a moron craze. They're cashing checks. And then a lot of uh, stores in the rural areas are actually putting the Tide Pods behind glass. Oh, I remember years ago talking about how people were putting like vanilla extract behind the shelf. Yeah. Because people were drink for the alcoholic content in it. Good Lord. People are dumb. They have on the rubbing alcohol bottle. Don't drink this. There is alcohol in it, but it's also, there's some other stuff that will make you sick. I had a teacher in high school who used to drink scope during class Oof. just to fend off the shakes. The shakes. So he would just like pull out the scope and drink it down. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Why didn't you do that between classes? Well, in jail, you're not allowed to have scope for that reason. Really? Please don't ask me why I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Try to get your scope into jail again, Bill. (laughs) A letter being made public by a San Francisco TV station suggests that one of the most infamous prison escapes in history might have been a success. KPIX in San Francisco says the PD there received a letter in 2013 from someone purporting to be John Anglin, a bank robber and one of three inmates who escaped from Alcatraz in 1962. They were never found. Authorities have said the men likely died in the waters of the bay after their elaborate escape attempt. In the letter, the writer asserts his identity and say the escaped worked. Uh, But just barely. He says he is 83 years old now and is in bad shape from cancer. He offers to give his exact location in exchange for no more than one year in jail and access to medical care. The letter says his fellow escapees, his brother Clarence and Frank Morris, died in recent years. The FBI has reportedly reopened the case and has examined the letter. They uh, looked for DNA, fingerprints and analyzed the handwriting, all with inconclusive results. They uh, also think they found out who D.B. Cooper was. Really? It was like right. The, a documentary uh, had been filmed, and they were doing a follow-up to it, and they're pretty sure they nailed it down. Mm-hmm. And this case has been closed a while. That one is the most remarkable thing ever. The D.B. Cooper case, not just because he, I think he only had like a quarter million. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It might not even been that much. And he was just so cool. It's like having a drink in the back of the plane. It's a fascinating. If you ever, if you want to go down a Wikipedia wormhole and just blow off work for a while, <laughs> I do. Google DB Cooper today and read up on that case and re- familiarize yourself with what that guy did and how they couldn't find him. They think he was like an ex CIA guy. Wow. He knew all this stuff. He knew when to jump, where to jump, what kind of shoots to ask for. It was pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah, late. there's so much stuff on it. There's videos. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. lost. No, dude, you'll go down a rabbit hole of D.B. Cooper. Nearly two-thirds of Americans say they are afraid to ride in self-driving cars, but that's far less than a year ago. A study AAA is releasing today finds 63% of people surveyed aren't ready to jump in a car with no driver, but a similar survey last year showed 78% of people said no thanks. AAA has been polling Americans about autonomous vehicles for three years. This is the first time the fear level has gone down. 
Couples do argue about some really stupid stuff, and apparently there's a hashtag trending on Twitter, hashtag stupid things couples fight about. So some of the uh, stupid things couples say they fight about, uh, this is a really dumb one to argue about (laughs) with your spouse. Probably done it. Whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Okay, that's... Did Pursuit write this? <laughs> that is almost uh, the diehard Christmas movie argument is like pisses me off the same way that people freaking out about bacon does. <laughs> it's not a. It's definitely not the movie should be about Christmas for it to be a Christmas movie. If yeah. it's not about Christmas, it's not a Christmas movie. Being set during Christmas does not make it a Christmas movie. And it's just the stupid, disingenuous argument that we need to have all the time. If it was "Don't Die Hard on Christmas" and that there was more of a build-up to the, oh, presents like him bringing and presents yeah. and well, actually, he does bring presents. But it's not about that. It's about terrorism. Yes. And one badass dude, big robbery. <laughs> Where to um, go eat? That's a big. People fight about that. That's is that a stupid fight? That to me seems pretty <laughs> legit. Like uh, I always get in fights because I am a. Well, let's not close the door. Let's not say yes a hundred percent on this one thing. If you agree to go to place A, I'm always like, okay, all right. Well, I think we we like that by about eighty five percent. Let's allow for the fifteen percent possibility that something else might sound better. See, I always think if I, especially if I'm ever going out to eat with you, I always defer to wherever you're gonna pick. But it might change because I don't eat out enough. I'm like, uh, um. Eaton Park? I don't know. Dude, I love Eaton Park. Salad Bar at Eaton Park is still one of the best deals going. That chicken noodle soup. The chili? Forget about it. Who holds the remote? I think it's whoever gets to it first. I'll tell you something that she does with the remote that frustrates the hell out of me. No. (laughs) She mutes the commercials and then forgets to unmute it when the show comes back on. God, that kills me. Uh, this is going to sound really sexist, but why? What is it about the makeup of guys versus girls when a dude has a remote control? He can fly through the guy. I what that, <laughs> that does drive me nuts. And women are like, let's stop and see what this is. Like, what? and they're you- like, like they're shopping. And they want to check out and make sure. Hold on, let's make sure we because, don't want to watch this. Right. I'm like, because, no, it has David Arquette. We don't want to watch it. Men, men are hunters and women are gatherers. When you fly through that guide, how can you even see what those shows are? I see them all because <laughs> I'm hunting for the show that I really want. Yeah, I can. I've I've come to the point where I know around where my station is. Like I know, like. That when, once I get onto the street with my station, I'm like, okay, I just saw that emblem. Now I know it's coming up. <laughs> Serena's the same I way. Don't She's like, understand. I go page by page. Yep. Yeah, but then See you stop and here. read everything. Like you can't. Like I can scan it so much quicker than. Like, I don't know. Who's the better driver? Is it who's a better driver? Or just when the other person is driving, you annoy them, telling them what they should or shouldn't do. She hates my driving. Feelings mutual. <laughs> Replacing the toilet paper roll. Do you have a front versus back uh, f- fold? What's the better one? Thing? The waterfall. It's supposed to uh, be Come easier. With an fecal spray. Be easier to get a clean rip. 
Yeah, I think See, it's, I you're don't supposed think to go off the, the ba- you're supposed to go off the back because then it rips. No, I think you're supposed to go waterfall over the front. Yeah, for health reasons. Why? I don't. I think it's because of fecal spray. Fecal. <laughs> I got to get mine from out from behind the toilet. It's like I want to get some toilet paper. I don't want to strain my oblique. <laughs> How is a spray going? I don't even understand that. Where's Neither the- do I. What kind of spray? Well, in that case, you probably would, could just do it either way. I mean, if, it, if an elephant is crapping in your bathroom, <laughs> spray might be an issue. Google it. A rhino. Ask health reasons yeah. how If you Fiona comes to visit you, Val. <laughs> oh, Fiona. I could see that being an issue. Yeah, because they just go and then they helicopter their tail. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the under because you can rip it. You can get a better rip. You get a better rip. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, replace- I told you one time my dad, I can't remember which way he told me to do it, and he goes, women are really impressed if you know how to do this. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> Seriously. How does he right. drill down that <laughs> far? Is there any reason, do it. any wonder why you're sitting home alone <laughs> right Tell now? Tell you what a lady appreciates. <laughs> what if it's like the first thing my dad says when he meets a lady, too? He's like, how are you? Nice to meet you. My name's Bruce. I put my uh, toilet paper <laughs> backwards. What do you think of that? <laughs> Uh, now, this is very specific. I think there's more to it, though. Replacing the bag in the trash can. I think it's probably emptying the garbage. Yes. Oh, I'm convinced I can put- get more in there all the time. Ooh. She takes the bag out <laughs> and sets it next Ooh. to the can. <laughs> Take it to the... What are you doing? <laughs> Just sitting it there. The ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ah, uh, I know Mike gets yelled at for that one. Oh. <laughs> I can't ever figure out. It looks to me like there's still room in it, and I'm not ready. I'm not balancing stuff on top of it. I, I do just, that. I like to take it out when it's full, not when I decide it's arbitrarily time to take it out. <laughs> what if it stinks, though? It might not be full, but there might be something well, rancid in there. My wife has a much more perceptive sense I've, of smell than I do. That's another thing oh. for women. We can smell better. My girlfriend wants to wash out every single bottle. Every th- Anything going in recycling oh, has yeah. to be like ready for resale. Yeah. Uh-huh. I never do that. You're supposed to kind of- What if you put a mayonnaise jar in there full of you know mayonnaise- Debris yeah, right. on the, yeah, you're you not supposed to do it, that. Right. There was a good article in the Post Gazette about recycling the other day. And Take I previously, me through why you're not supposed to do it. Because, I, because they have I don't people, understand. they say it's contaminated. And then they just push it off the conveyor belt and it doesn't get okay. It doesn't get recycled. Oh, well, re- give it a shot. I know. See, that's <laughs> I, I always thought, like, look at me doing good, <laughs> peanut butter jar. <laughs> I'm all, look at me saving the earth. Frisco. And you're not. You have, to, you have to put forth a little extra effort. I know it annoys, well, this is also on the list, how to load the dishwasher. I know it annoys Tim that I wash the dishes off before I put them in the dishwasher. You pre-wash before yeah. you wash. Not with soap, but I rinse all the food particles off. Yeah, you almost I don't, have to, don't you? You got to. Otherwise, yeah. it clogs I mean, if there's, up. If there's something on there like egg or something yeah, that could harden yeah. up. Or potatoes. Although, if you leave a full egg in there and then the hot water poaches it, <laughs> it's nice. You know, breakfast at the, when it's all done. <laughs> nice little dishwasher egg. Yeah. Putting the cap on the toothpaste. This is a funny one. Snoring or breathing too loud. <laughs> You're breathing too loud. Stop breathing. You're a, breathing too loud. That's a 100% a, wom- a woman thing, right? Like they hate that about their husbands. Because Snoring or all, breathing? Because all women have like <laughs> spidey sense and they can they can hear a rat 
peeing on a cotton ball yeah. in the basement? Tim doesn't really snore. My dad used to snore, but it was probably sleep apnea. But it was so freaking loud. Uh, yeah, my my daughter Emma doesn't like sleeping with uh, over at my parents' house because she said Pappy snores. <laughs> Pappy snores really loud. It's kind of creepy. Like, uh, didn't Pappy snores? <laughs> didn't he tour with Biggie Small? Yeah, uh, deleting shows on the DVR and watching shows with uh, without the other person. I mean, everybody Cheating. does that. You have to. You get an Academy Award for. Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen after you've watched the episode already. Now, wow. She, she watched Big Little Lies without me. Well, and I didn't get, get upset at all. But oh. did you tell her in advance? Yeah, I don't care about that show. No. Oh. But we we never said we you know we were going to watch it together. But yeah. I watched The Shape of Water yesterday without her. She was pissed. It's so good. Pissed. I know when I when we got the the DVR or the DVD for Get Out, I said, "Oh, do you want to watch this?" He's like, "Yeah, I already saw it." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. He said, "Well, really, I only kind of saw the end, but wait, I watched it by myself, so." Yeah, you wouldn't let him watch it. I think you're okay. You were better off not watching Big Little Lies with with her. Let her have that one. That's, yeah, uh, I feel like I've heard. Got some daggers shot your way throughout yep. that one. Windy and cold flurries, mid thirties for the high today. It's thirty one at DVE. I'm just pissed you didn't like Shape of Water as much. Neither of you. I thought it was good. No, I, I wasn't li- blown away I, I by like it. The prequel to Aquaman. It's the best. <laughs> I always wondered how that story became. Now it's it's. It's it's good. Is it believable? But it's a, it's a little too no, artsy, artsy for me. Hold, hold on, it's a monster movie. How can you say it's artsy fartsy? I, I thought it was it was a love story between a, a monster and to somebody. Me, a monster movie is a, a scary movie that like the monster is attacking people, not boning them. It has the same <laughs> st- like backstory as the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, but they did found anybody him in the have Amazon. sex with the creature from the Black Lagoon? Of course not. Stormy Daniels <laughs> in a hotel room. The creature from the Black Lagoon. Ben Roethlisberger walked in. <laughs> the creature had tidy whities on, chasing her around, made her spank him with his comic book. No, but I like I I found myself waiting for that to happen the whole time. Because you heard that. You that spoiler got out that, that that scene's in there. Yes. Yeah. It's a beautifully shot movie and it's a monster it's movie. Definitely about that. Very unique characters. I liked I liked it. Right. It's just one of those like it's like I like Braveheart a little more. I like Forrest Gump, The Departed, movies that I can watch over and over and over again. These you He's, can watch Shape of Water. Michael Shannon's character, you didn't love him? No, he was really good. Michael Stolberg's character, how good is he? Wait, who are they? Was he was he the, the scientist. The lab coat on? Yeah, the lab coat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was good. Hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Mike pursued last night. The Pens get the W with a lot of new names. Well, not new names, but, you know, the young kid in net. Relative nobody. JSD gets his first uh, nowhere. goal on the big stage. And uh, the Pens get a W over a team that uh, owned them a couple times this year. Uh, and then uh, Uncle Dad, not Uncle Dad, just Dad comes Dad. back. Uncle Dad is Brodeur. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> who married his wife's sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Marry her or just kind of get together? Yeah, I don't know. Just stop there. I, I, I think he showed her the shape of water. <laughs> no, I think they got married, dude. Did they? Yeah, I think that's how the whole Uncle Dad thing came because now he was their dad. Oh, I thought he just said that because it was funny. No, I he literally those kids that he had previously been their uncle, then he became their dad. 
He's like, oh, we got to change this coffee mug. <laughs> you know what? You win 600 something, something games. to it. World's greatest uncle. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Dad. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Nice W for the Pens last night. Yeah, and uh, one that was a long time in coming, Randall. The Carolina Hurricanes had been 2-0 and against the Penguins this season, but last night the Pens tried something different. They threw the AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins at Carolina, and it ends up Pittsburgh 3 Carolina won. That was really cool. Uh, you know, we got scored on there, and then Dom comes back and has that great shot, you know, right away, and that was really big. We didn't let them have the lead for, for very long at all. And then, you know, JS, the celebration speaks for itself. That fired me up. Uh, that was great, the fist pump and the jump in the glass. And so, you know, just seeing a guy like that score a goal, a big goal nonetheless, and, uh, you know, seeing how happy he was, that was cool. That was winning goaltender Casey DeSmith talking about the goals scored by Dominic Simone and John Sebastian D. Everybody had all that, right? Oh, yeah. When you were driving to the game last night, you were thinking, boy, I hope JSD does something spectacular tonight. Simone ripped it. He did. That was a real nice shot. And the goaltender looks like he's been doing this a while. Does not look like a scared kid trying to feel, feel his way through his initial NHL steps. He's just scrapping. Pens have uh, Minnesota on Thursday night, and then it's time for the All-Star break. Uh, some other statistical notes from last night. Sidney Crosby ran his season-long assist-slash-point streak to eight games in a row. Crosby has the longest active point streak in the NHL this season. Crosby also tied Yarmir Yager for second place on the Penguins' career scoring list with 1,079 points. Cindy Crosby picking up an assist last night, and he was plus one, still waiting on career goal number 400. Uh, another interesting development for the Penguins, at least it's interesting to head coach Mike Sullivan because he thinks it's a critical development. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they have given up 22 goals over those last 10 games. That's 2.2 per game. In the seven games that they've won, they've given up 1.6 goals per game. The Penguins are starting to embrace again the ability to defend, and to Sullivan, that's going to mean everything eventually. You know, one of the things that we've been preaching to our team all year is we have to become a team that's difficult to play against, and and, and I think just my experience of being around this group of players, when, when we focus on that aspect of the game, the offense takes care of itself, and when when we, and and this is something that I think we have to be diligent to, to guard against constantly, uh, and I and I just think it's just part of the DNA of the group is is we've got a group of players that instinctively want to score and make plays, and sometimes you know when you get in tight checking games, you get in playoff type games. There's no ice to play on. The plays aren't there to be made. So you've got to you've got to be diligent. You've got to make sure you're willing to put pucks behind the opponent's defenseman and force them to play a 200 foot game. If you don't get something off the rush, you might you might have to be be able to or be willing to put pucks in and, and establish a forecheck and try to create your offense off the puck pursuit game. And I think when 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 we have that discipline and that diligence of managing the puck the right way and taking what the game gives us and becoming a more difficult team to play against in every zone, that's when this team's at its best and this team can score because of it. When we get in trouble is when we become a team that wants to outscore teams 
And that's when we force plays that aren't there and we become a high-risk team and we tend to give up goals where our opponents don't have to work very hard for them. That was Buck 28, Sullivan, on the importance of playing defense. We've heard that a since million his, times since his arrival. You, you could recite that back to him by now, right? Yeah. But it's, it's true. It's true. They can't try to take too many chances. Chase an offense and it just, and open themselves up to vulnerability at the defensive end. If they can defend the hell out of people, they're still this kind of team. I know they've changed since last year, but if they can defend, 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 be really hard to score against, eventually they'll get a crack, and the skill that they still have will take over, and the game will kind of take care of itself more often than not. And it's hard for these guys because the top-end talent, it's not their default to play to no. a 200-foot game. And one of the reasons they're top-end talent is they can do a lot of stuff that most people can't. And they think they can do everything, but even they can't. So just don't give up odd man rushes. Don't play in your end. Don't turn it over at the blue line. Get it deep. Go get it. Wheel and deal. Win. Have a parade. So Colin comes back to town <laughs> Thursday night. They'll probably have a nice video for him. You think? Oh, uh, I'm sure they'll have a great you think video. The Steelers will uh, do that when uh, James Harrison comes back with the Patriots I next year. I do not. I do not. No, I don't. I, mean, I don't think he'll be with the Patriots next year. But still, he'll be with somebody. He might be. He might be. He will be with somebody. Remember that whole storyline about him wanting to go be with his kids? No. That was a load of malarkey, wasn't it? Speaking of malarkey, why didn't we look at him for offensive coordinator? Been there, done that? I guess he's not Ben's buddy. He's no Randy Feekner. What's he know? He's just coached <laughs> as the head coach for three different teams. It's fine. We'd be fine. slowly turning into the Tennessee Titans there on offense. Mark Madden, next hour when we come back, the old two-niner returns, and we'll talk in sheer to beard because he's about to uh, – dude, you're getting a you're getting a beard shearing coming up with uh, – you've been enlisted. Doing a little beard duet. You're kind part of a shame in a way. Yeah, that's a glorious, glorious – I uh, definitely have a close attachment to the facial hair. Uh, It'll be hard. It'll grow back quick. You go right it's back impressive. to it then after shear? That's second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start the playoff period early. And just... Hell yeah. All right. Coming back with Borky on DV. Day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the DVE morning show. Please welcome back the old two niner. Yeah. All right. Chip Demonic. Damn, with, I uh, missed you guys. What a song. Yeah, buddy. It's just oh. been too long. Good Get, to be home. We, had, we got through Steeler season. Unfortunately, things did not end up the way we wanted them to. But once again, we turn our uh, attention full, full on to the, to the Penguins here. For a lot of the Steeler fans, we're following, but we're not uh, fully immersed. Now, complete immersion, Borky. Yeah, take all the Steeler gear. Put it in that uh, cedar line closet that you have in the back there and let it go. Turn the page because it's hockey time. Yeah. So, what we miss? What'd you miss? Yeah. Uh, roller coaster ride. Well, down the first yeah. 45, 50 yeah. games into a, a, a roller brief coaster synopsis. ride. We had some great games. We had some stinkers. 
<laughs> we had some consistency. We had some inconsistency. We had a power play that absolutely was white hot. Uh, we had a penalty killing unit that didn't start off very well that now is also very toasty. They righted the rudder. Yeah. We've had our star players just absolutely blow you out of the water. Um, and But I think for the most part, we've had too much inconsistency. And maybe turning the calendar to 2018 was what they needed because they're definitely playing better. Yeah. Let's we go. always joke around about how Kessel doesn't start trying until January, February, early March. But honestly, Phil DeThrill has been kind of on fire this year. He's got 50-plus points. Yeah. And that's the thing about Phil Kessel is he's just been as good in third periods as he's been in first periods. And I think a lot of that has to do with his conditioning. I think he just – Kind of rededicated himself. Uh, I heard that Gary Roberts was involved, and so you can only imagine. <laughs> oh, really? What, yeah. Oh, Boy, and, I would uh, not ever put those two together. It's evident, man. It, there, he has shifts in the third period where he's not gassed, and his bounce back ability, where he goes to the bench, and you've seen it before, where he kind of goes to the bench and he's got the gloves hanging over the boards. And <laughs> yeah. He's he's done. He's, he's toasting. Yeah. But I don't see that from him anymore. I I just see a guy gets to the bench and is he passionate? Is he frustrated? Uh, is he vocal? Yeah, you love all that. But then he's just chomping at the bit to get, get back out there. He's really become quite a leader on and off the ice, really? I think, for this club, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I, I got something wrong with my headset. I thought he just said Phil Kessel's become a leader on You're and off right. the ice. You're right. How about that? again? Yeah, he has been. Who uh, had that, as Clint Hurdle would say? Well, he, you know what? That's that's what a winning environment breeds, and that's being around a guy like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, guys that uh, – you know, and, and Patrick Hornquist. I think I think they've all rubbed off on him in a positive way, and the results bear out. You know, do you and, think any part of that is uh, about him wanting to be embraced by USA Hockey again? Uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I think he wants to be embraced by Pittsburgh Penguin fans. I think he really likes it here, and uh, likes not I, be having to be the guy right. being out of yeah. the Canadian Canadian spotlight. Yep, he can go down the rivers, play his poker, and ha- have a beer and have fun and. And nobody's pointing the finger, or you know, fifteen million camera phones are are not out. He can just kind of be Phil, and that's good enough. Well, you definitely see a different guy now as opposed to the one that got here. Yeah, the, the residual effect. Yeah, of- definitely not as defensive. I think he's kind of accepted the media, uh, accepted his role with this team, and uh, and understands that you know I'm I'm a big part of this club, and it doesn't always have to be me every single night. Uh, I. I, I'm, it's been remarkable and what he's been able to do this year and how consistent he's been. And we talked about how hot the power play has been. A big reason is because of number 81. All right, so how uh, difficult is the path to the postseason for the Penguins at this point? Well, they've made their bed, and they have to lay in it, uh, and mm-hmm. that is where they are in the standings. Uh, and you're right. It, it, it's good to see that they've won 7 out of 10 to start 18 right. because that's uh, reality is that's where you are right now. You're probably going to have to, in the next five-game segments, which are 10 points, uh, get six to seven points. So that's five-game right, segments. So, that's so the reality if you're compartmentalizing, you right that's what you're looking for. Right. But I think you have to stop, and the Penguins have kind of been wallowing in this, in the wild card, out of the wild card, in the wild card, wild, out of the wild card. I think now they have to set their sights higher and start hunting down the Washington Capitals, who are not all that in the bag of chips. In fact, the only team in their conference <laughs> – uh, or in their division, I should say, that's been hot, is remarkably the Philadelphia Flyers. But the, the Caps are in the top. You're only six points behind the Caps, but you have to get over four teams. It's not as easy as you think, just six points. But you got them next week, so it could be four. 
and they're they're not playing that well. You have to set your sights on that instead of just trying to get in in the wild card position. So, cheer the beard. Yeah. Tell me about how you got involved with Brett the Diesel Kiesel's yeah. yearly shearing. Okay, let me let me give you let me give you the straight dope here. I'm going <laughs> to cut right to the okay. chase. Last summer, I was up at. Uh, and Nemecolon Woodlands mm-hmm. for the opening of uh, Shepherd's Rock, new golf course up there. Cool. Beautiful. And the uh, night before, Huey Lewis and the News were performing. I was at a table with a bunch of Steelers, uh, not going to name drop, but Ben Roethlisberger was there, mm-hmm. and, and uh, one Brett Kiesel. The Diesel. He just kept feeding me beers, feeding yeah. me beers, feeding me, just got me all liquored up. <laughs> the next thing I know, this behemoth is sitting on top of my chest. He's got his hand to my throat. You're doing sheer the beard this year, Borky. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, just say yes. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I come to find out now, February 16th, I'm part of Shear the Beard up at Jurgles. Yeah. You can go to Jurgles.com to get your tickets. I, I guess it's, I've never been to one before, but oh, it's the crazy. legend continues crazy. to grow about, I guess this is just an unbelievable event. Randall? Yeah, uh, you're you're emceeing it. Is yeah. this correct? Yeah, I uh, I I do the uh, the onstage MC in there, and uh, you are listed as special guest this year. I don't know if people understand. You're getting sheared. You're getting sheared. Now, this dude, this beard you got right now is majestic. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's, it's probably going to be pretty a, tough. To it's been a labor of love. It really has been. Clip that thing. Become quite attached to it. It's going to be weird. Uh, it's a Game of Thrones. To take it down to the wood like that. But yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna kind of be the appetizer to Kiesel being the the main entree. So Chris Jamison and Donnie Iris are going to be performing along with Total Eighties and uh, um, the Sheer to Beard Eighth Annual Sheer to Beard is going to take place on Friday, February sixteenth, and uh, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock start out there. You can get your tickets at Jurgles dot com right now. It's shaving begins. <laughs> Here's seven. the kicker yeah. for me, Randy, and, and why I didn't even hesitate. Is all the proceeds go to Children's Hospital, to the, Each to the cancer year. center there? Cancer, cancer programs for kids. of yeah. Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, UPMC. You kidding me? I mean, you should be on your computer right now getting a ticket. I yeah. mean, I mean that go, it goes straight to Children's. It doesn't go to anything else. And uh, with all the entertainment, you're, I'm sure you're going to yuck it up a little bit. I'm sure you. Oh, have it's a, a lot bit. of fun, but yeah. I can tell you this: is they never announce <laughs> the guests, the guest shearers, in advance. But it's always a star-studded lineup. And there oh, yeah. have been years you're like, holy cow. The one year Dick LeBeau was there after he was already had moved on yeah. from the Steelers. Speaking of which, serious question. Do you think Harrison comes back? Well, uh, look, I asked Kiesel about it. He's been a regular, like, right? Uh, yes, he has. Yep. He's been in every one almost, I think. Uh, and uh, Kiesel said he was, you know, he didn't love the fact that he went to the Patriots. It's not going to affect our friendship, but... I don't know if uh, Harrison's going to be ready to jump in front of the fans. I don't even know what would happen there. Wait, he's the best be person. Intimidated by the fans? That no. Can no. we all agree he's the best person to run the auction? Because a lot of auctioneers ask if they heard a number, where he just tells you he heard a number, and you have to go with it. Yeah, I think that would be a great way, a great opportunity to welcome him back and say, you know what, what happened happened, but no. It's all about wow. body work. Way too forgiving. It's all yeah. about body work no and lifetime way. achievement. Uh, not, not too soon, man. Too soon. I could be wrong. I don't want to call the shots on the. Yeah, you know, he beard. could. He could show everybody his Super Bowl ring. That would. It all depends on what happens between now and then. <laughs> I mean, if they go out there and get killed, and he doesn't do anything. Like if the Eagles win by thirty points somehow, That's probably going to happen. Then yeah, <laughs> but the likely scenario of the Patriots winning and Tom Brady hugging James Harrison. Yeah. 
Afterwards. Next pick eh. on Instagram afterwards. Yeah, man, that and might two rub. weeks later, he's at Sheer the Beard. Yeah, that might, <laughs> might rub people the wrong way. One year, Ooh. HBK showed up. Last year, yeah. Shawn Michaels. It's awesome. Was there, and uh, the HBK line was there. It was so funny, they didn't say a word. No. They were like the, like the Hanson brothers, just standing up there, like, motionless. Somebody else did the talking for him. Tried to ask him one question. Phil's like, yeah. Heath is always there. Yeah, Aaron, a lot of people fly back Aaron into town Smith. for this, and because it's a Friday, because it's a Friday, I wouldn't be surprised if Brett planned a little uh, weekend party reunion oh, for yeah. some of his Super Bowl champion Steeler friends. I wouldn't miss this. Jurgles.com. It's tickets. hard to describe how much fun it is. Because it, it sounds weird. You're it like, does, but you're it's... shaving somebody? It's a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. See you there, Borky. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not allowed to trim the beard until that point, but... The second it gets sheared, that's when I start growing. You're gonna start grunting the one back in. Absolutely. <laughs> There's something to the shorter beard in the playoffs because it looks like you're growing it for the playoff. When you mm-hmm. have a longer established beard, it just kind of looks like, oh, you know, you've always had a beard. Hey, Burl lives. But now, yeah, right. But now, you know, you're starting anew. How yeah. much time do you have in on this beard? Because oh, it's got a lot o- of body this is there. Over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and i i don't have I don't have the the girth of a a Brett Kiesel. I mean, he's got he's girthy, length and girth. I mean, he's got it all going on. <laughs> I'm talking about his beard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> very, yeah, I know. But yours looks groomed. I mean, do you put well, product in it? You have to put a little bit of oil in it because it can get kind of it can get kind of gnarly. What's the biggest piece of food you pulled out of your beard? Oh man, what I have? I had a um, I had a chicken breast the other day. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> And it was in your beard? In my beard. Yeah. Yeah. No, the whole the whole, the whole chicken breast. Chicken breast. Yeah. <laughs> it was just in your beard. Nice yeah. cutlet. Hey, this will be good for later. You started that after cup number number four, number right? Number four, yeah. Like yeah. that summer. Like you were going yeah. you were going for the repeat beard. Right. Right away. Yeah, I had it on all last season. So yes, yeah, so you're way over a yeah. year oh, now. You're way. a year and a half. Yeah. All right. You're at that lumberjack stage. Like I could see you on Axemen. No question. Oh, Taking trees com- down. That is an unbelievable compliment. Yeah. Oh. Dude, they got that place in Millvale where you can throw axes. You should really? Have, yeah, you can go throw Tomahawks. Axes. Yeah, go throw some some axes with that beard. Before, before. February 16th, yeah. I'll definitely. Put on your flannel yeah. and go down there and get it done. Borky, always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, Penn's back in action tomorrow night against the Wild. Dad. Dad coming home. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, there'll be a nice video tribute at the uh, first broadcast timeout. And hey, you know, he, uh, there was no friends when we went to Mini earlier this year and they spanked us 2 1. Right. And Matt Cullen had an assist. So no friends out there. And this will be the last game before the uh, All Star break. Nice. All yeah. right. We'll be uh, listening to you alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. It was great catching up with him again yesterday. Yeah. Um, that's on our brother station, 105.9 The X. 7 o'clock start tomorrow night? Yes, sir. At uh, PPG Paints Arena. Phil Bork, the old two-nighter. Porky, thanks so much. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael, <laughs> I enjoyed my time here this morning, and this was good hockey talk. Couples do argue about some really stupid stuff, and apparently there's a hashtag trending on Twitter, hashtag stupid things couples fight about. Uh, Now, this is very specific. I think there's more to it, though. Replacing the bag in the trash can. I think it's probably emptying the garbage. Yes. Oh, I'm convinced I can get more in there all the time. She takes the bag out (laughs) and 
sets it next Ooh. to the can. <laughs> Take it to the... What are you doing? <laughs> Just sitting it there. The ooh. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Ooh. Ooh. It was just because it was so. It was just <laughs> so organic. Yeah, you just go. Oh. <laughs> it was a very authentic. It was, it was oh. involuntary. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Bauman? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. (laughs) Breezy and cold today. Nothing more than isolated snow showers. 34 for the high. Tonight, down to 20 degrees with wind chills in the teens. Thursday, decreasing clouds. We'll see a little sunshine during the afternoon and a high of 35. I'm Scott Harbon, Severe Weather Center 11. It's 32 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. President Trump is ripping Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer for pulling his offer to support Trump's border wall. Schumer told the White House yesterday he was withdrawing the offer and Trump reacted by tweeting, quote, crying Chuck Schumer fully understands, especially after his humiliating defeat, that if there is no wall, capital letter wall, uh, there is no DACA, end quote. Schumer said his offer of more than $1.6 billion for the wall was part of negotiations aimed at avoiding a government shutdown. I thought the Mexicans were paying. I thought Mexico pays for the wall. Oh, Me too. Looks like Mr. In uh, time. Wheeler and Dealer can't figure that out. We're going to front for it. And someone- I like how he sat on his ass all weekend and pretends like he did anything. <laughs> hey, big negotiations this weekend. I was watching Netflix, but... <laughs> Someone finishing uh, up House of Cards who spoke out uh, in a very critical way of President Trump over the weekend. Tammy Duckworth is poised to be the first woman to give birth while serving as a U.S. senator. She announced Tuesday she is expecting her second child. Several women have given birth while serving in Congress. Uh, Yvonne Braithwaite Burke, the first woman to do so in 1973. Uh, Duckworth will turn 50 in March. Whoa. Yeah, that's remarkable. Whoa. And she's, she's a war did, hero. Does yeah, she have lost a... Lost both legs in Iraq. Una- oh, okay. Yeah. I have no idea who this woman was. I thought for some reason she was trans. I don't know. I messed up. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Is she trans or does she not have legs? Like, what? what's happening? Wait, she had a baby? How the hell did she have a baby? She's all I'm woman. all yeah. mixed up. You're confusing people, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, but she said that she is. They're getting sick. good at the trans thing. I'm, you know, it's not implausible. Well, the guy, Old Tammy the... Cuckworth having a baby at fifty. Sad. Uh, she said, <laughs> "Quote: It's a terrible thing, but I'm listed as a geriatric mother. It's called a geriatric president uh, pregnancy on all my medical charts. I don't let that bother me, though. I think fifty-year-old moms are the new forty-year-old moms. That quote. happens after thirty-five, though. They call it a geriatric pregnancy after like thirty-five because yeah, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah, she said after multiple IVF cycles and a miscarriage, she is very grateful to be pregnant." This is an absolutely ridiculous story. A dozen contestants are being kicked out as a Botox scandal is shaking a camel beauty pageant in Saudi Arabia. Judges disqualify the animals over suspicions their lips were surgically enhanced. (laughs) Contest has prize money totaling around $57 million. That's a lot of dough. The annual event is part of a big festival that celebrates the camel as the symbol of the Bedouin life in the desert. The month-long festival also includes camel racing and auctions. 
Camels are huge. They had a camel at this petting zoo that we went to, and it was all these normal animals like a goat, a sheep, you know, little like a baby bull or something, like uh-huh. a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. And then this dude was holding a, a camel. The thing, when it lifted its head up, it was like seven feet in the air, eight feet oh, yeah. in the air. Oh, yeah. There is a new study that had people rank the different relationships in their lives by how demanding or difficult they are. And the people who are consistently rated as the most difficult were close female family members, mom, sister, wife. However, they were also ranked as the people we depend on the most. Researchers said, quote, the message here is that with female relatives, it can be a two-sided thing. They may be the people you most depend on, but also the people who nag you the most. The study found that people say their friends are the least demanding or difficult people in their lives. Uh, that's not the case with me. Yeah. My sisters and my mom are all easy. Mm-hmm. It's the brothers and my dad that are a huge pain <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> is, is your nose cold right now? Want to find out? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, mine isn't. Uh, well, then you're not working hard enough. A study out of the University of Nottingham in England found that the temperature of your nose is directly connected to how hard your brain is working. Freezing over here. The more Freezing. mentally exhausted people were, the colder their noses got, regardless of the weather. You could do cryo in my nostril right now. <laughs> Researchers think it's because your brain is using most of the blood you've got available when you're working hard, so there's not much left for the rest of your face. But that doesn't seem to make sense, but no. that's what researchers say. I thought it just meant you had bad circulation. <laughs> you might but then again, I thought Tammy Duck- Duckworth was <laughs> trans, so what do I know? Did you think she was trans species? Did Duck throw you off? Yes. Okay. <laughs> A report shows Netflix spent $39 million on shows it did not release because two leading men, Kevin Spacey and Louis C.K., were accused of sexual misconduct. The company's latest earnings report showed a $39 million charge in the final quarter of 2017 for unreleased content they've decided not to move forward with. Although Netflix didn't specifically name Spacey or Louis C.K., those two men were on the shows that were canceled the company has confirmed that harassment allegations contributed to its financial write-down. Yeah, you know, uh, Artie Lang teed off, not teed off, he was asked in an interview by Mandy Stadmiller about Louie and Aziz Ansari. He he went off on Aziz pretty good, and he said he always thought Louie was overrated. And, he, you know, he, uh, you know, condemned what they did totally. He just thought, you know, com- Louie was completely, you know, creepy and gross, and he yeah. heard about that for a long time, but... The overrated thing, it made me think that, like, with Louis' comedy and writing, that it was the style that people either really loved it and appreciated it, uh, or they just hated it and didn't understand what all the fuss was. I mean, you know. I really liked it, personally. I did, too. There were times where I was annoyed, but I thought that Horace and uh, Peter. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking like, about that was stand-up more. Yeah, than anything else. I thought his stand-up was really good. Yeah. But there were people, you know, I don't think Chappelle has that. I think people are indifferent or they love him. Yep. You know, but Louis, he really drove people crazy. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine the other day. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think Louis's still going to have a career. Because what he did was he came out 
He basically admitted everything. He gave an apology. I mean, the most straightforward apology, even though he didn't say I'm sorry, that anybody who's been accused gave. And then he completely disappeared. And I think he will stay disappeared for like five years. And then he'll come out and just release a special on his website or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be I interesting. So let's find out. And Minnesota Public Radio. Aziz Ansari, he was nominated for a SAG Award. They announced his name. Nobody clapped. It was very minimal, yes. It was like a polite golf clap. Strange times. It's tough. Minnesota Public Radio detailing the sexual misconduct allegations that led to the firing of longtime host and humorist Garrison Keillor. NPR's president revealed that Keillor was fired after a former colleague came forward with accusations of dozens of sexually inappropriate incidents that happened over a number of years. The woman's lawyer even provided clips of emails and other messages requesting sexual content and uh, contact rather and describing sexual acts. After his firing, Keeler claimed he got fired because he just put his hand on a woman's back to console her. He, uh, did you ever see the movie Prairie Home Companion? No. Robert Altman directed it. And um, there's a lot of creepiness in that movie. Looking back? Yeah. Lindsay Lohan's in it, and apparently on set, Robert Altman was super creepy to her. And he used to just have his hand on her arse, you know, the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Like, there's a lot of crazy stories about the set of that movie. And uh, for some reason, as soon as that came out, I remember those stories about the filming of the movie Prairie Home Companion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, actually, I could picture Garrison Keillor being a big creep. But he'll never think that he was a creep. Even though they're now saying, you know, Minnesota Public Radio is like, hey, this goes back decades. And he always made people feel uncomfortable and he was creepy. Has anybody heard anything from Spacey? Like, has he fessed up or... Mm -mm spoke on tape yet again he was he stands accused of being a criminal and he tried to say like he tried to use that as like well i'm coming out and living my life as a gay man it's like you're not being accused of being gay mm-hmm. and that's fine what you were doing is not fine. right and a man who's been impersonating david lee ross since 2006 <laughs> the dude who impersonated brian hoyer has moved on or uh Brian St. Pierre. Pierre. Yeah. He is headed to a Canadian jail. David Kuntz Angel was apprehended January 3rd in British Columbia on charges of sex with a minor. He is denied bail last Friday and faces 12 counts, stretching all the way back to 2006. His trial is set to begin in May. Windy and cold flurries, mid 30s for the high today. It's 31 at DVE. Andrew McCutcheon uh, sat down and did a video. For the players' tribune, to say the least, you know the the city means a lot to me. Um, you know, like I said, I'm from Florida, and I live here now, so that's saying a lot, man. To to the fans, man, I've been through a lot. I mean, to be a part of uh, some history, to be a part of winning, um, I never forget. I used to just sit down and and have talks with with my wife and just say, man. You know, how cool, uh, how sweet is it going to be to be a team that, like, turns it around? What if we're the team that does it? What if I'm a part of it? And then when it actually happened, you know, just to see the change, man, that's the coolest thing in the world. And that made, a, that made us that much closer. That made me and the fans, you know, it's, it's like we knew each other. And then he talked about his last at bat. My last at bat, 
in PNC Park. I, I didn't think that was going to be my last one. But you guys, you know, gave me the ovation. I was able to actually sit there and, and, and uh, you know, think about it and, and let, it, let it sit in and savor it as much as I possibly could. So just thank you for the years, man. It's, it's been awesome. It's been great. And you never know. You just never know. This is this not this isn't goodbye forever, <laughs> you know. Just appreciate the time and appreciate the memories. Always gonna have them, and I'm always gonna be here in the off season. So I'm sure, I run into you every now and then, you know. So uh, yeah, this is just uh, you know. Till then, till next time, you know. For now, but it's never a goodbye. What a class act! Thank God we got rid of him. I mean. The first half of the article, by the way, if you haven't read the the article in the Players' Tribune, absolute must-read for any Pirates fan or just any fan, Pittsburgh sports fan. The first half of the article had me kind of emotional and mm-hmm. teary-eyed. Yep. And the second half of the article pissed me off, and I was, I was livid by oh. the end of it. Oh, yeah. Because all we talked about was wanting to be a Pirate for life like Cal Ripken or Derek Jeter, he wanted to stay here. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we, you know, when you have that guy, like you don't, you can't afford you don't him. Get that you guy. can't afford him. Here's why you can't afford him: because they say they can't afford him, even though Forbes values the Pirates at 1.4 billion dollars. They can't afford to keep Andrew McCutcheon. So what they did is they traded him for a bunch of guys that they hope will get good enough that they won't be able to afford to keep them either. Screw Bob Nutting. The way hey. that the way that the <laughs> the Pirates are going to get to the World Series if they ever get there is that they'll have enough guys that are good enough, but they don't have to pay them yet on the same team. Yeah. That's how it happens. And the balls on Coonley to publicly say I was very, very upset with the fans directing their anger at Bob Nutting. Sure. He he really anguished over this decision, and he was the last one on board with the decision to trade Andrew, and I just was so upset with the fans. Yeah, blame more stuff on the fans. Smart. That's smart. Smart. Hey, uh, Greg Warren's in town this weekend at Club Cafe, Saturday night, two shows. Bill Crawford is going to be on the bill as well. Hey. Uh, the first show is pretty close to selling out, so you better get your tickets if you wanted to go to the early one. There are tickets for the late one, and call uh, them at Club Cafe, or go online, rather. Go to clubcafelive.com. Here's Greg. My brother, uh, you know, I got the brother. He's, he's like 18 years younger than me. He's the one that doesn't pay for any of the Christmas exactly. presents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he does throw around money. He bought, he bought a $450 pair of Jordans recently. Four hundred fifty bucks for sneakers for for, for basketball shoes, yeah. and wow. he does not play basketball. <laughs> yeah, and, that's usually the case with those Jordans. Yeah, yeah. And when he bought them, he goes, uh, he goes, "Hey, man, don't tell dad about this." I was like, "I'm I'm not gonna tell dad." I was like, "By the way, you're thirty. Like, you, know, you, you have a job and a house and a wife. You know, it's not dad's business what you spend your money on." And then we were at dinner. My dad's like, Greg, can you pass the potatoes? Devin bought a four hundred fifty dollars pair of Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> I sold them down the river. Yeah, man. you have to squeal. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah, my dad's like the guy that does the he does Marshall's math for the most part with clothing. Like, no matter what <laughs> item of clothing you buy, he will tell you how many of that item of clothing 
you could have bought it Marshalls for the same amount of money. Forty-five dollars for a shirt for for what? You could buy nine shirts at Marshalls for forty-five dollars. You know, and I'm not like I don't have a lot of clothes. I, I but I did. I found these seven jeans. Are you familiar with those? No. Yeah, it's like huh. uh, uh, seven for all mankind is the brand, and uh, I'm embarrassed. Like. It, I I don't fit well with jeans, but they, I, they fit me. So okay. two hundred bucks for oh, the. I know. Wow. I know, don't tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I do not do this on St. Louis radio. He would two hundred dollars for jeans. Two hundred dollars. You you could buy you could buy Marshalls for two hundred dollars. You could be Marshall for two hundred dollars. You could be Marshall. Greg Warren is at Club Cafe Saturday night. Two shows. Go to clubcafelive.com for tickets. Tom. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Sports is now brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. One of the cool things about the NHL is that every once in a while somebody scores their first career goal. And that was the case last night in the Penguins 3-1 win over Carolina at the PPG Paints Arena. That first time goal scorer, Jean Sebastian D. I don't know what to say right now. It's a pretty amazing feeling. I've dreamed about it since I'm a little boy. Um, I don't know. It's just really, uh, really amazing right now. I mean, it was just I saw Rusty going wide. Uh, I just used my speed there and tried to get to the net. And Rusty made a nice pass, and I just tapped it in. And after that, I just didn't know what to think. I just wanted to sell it and celebrate for that first goal. I ran to the ref or the other guy. After that, I just wanted to get out of there and sell it for that goal. <laughs> Yeah, he went a little nuts afterward. Mike Lang said that uh, he thought JSD would have gone up into the stands and hugged everybody had they let him. <laughs> what a feeling that must be. Oh, that's great. He looked pretty psyched. Yeah. They, they hear, to hear the emotion in his voice and talking about dreaming about it since he was a little kid. Yeah, they come through. They come true every once in a while, don't they? Dreams do come true. Another guy who uh, contributed to that. 3-1-W was another one of the Penguins' youngsters. Uh, Dominic Simone said one of the reasons the Penguins are able to incorporate young guys into the lineup is that uh, the veterans make it as easy as possible. They welcome the new guys. They try to make them feel like part of the group. And uh, Simone maintained that that does not happen by accident. I think it's it's a lot about the the organization, you know, how they, like, uh... Set, set, like set it up for the guys. Everybody's like great when you come to the team. They help you like to get in the team as quick as possible. You know, they make you feel good right away. So, uh, so uh, that's a big part for sure. And uh, and I feel like that's that's how uh, this organization been going the, these past couple of years. So uh, so we're glad we're we're getting these chances and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll try trying to help as much as we can. Yeah, he got his second last night. JSD scored his first career goal in his fourth NHL game on his second career shot. Penguins. Uh, He's no Jake Gensel. It's pretty impressive, though. And to uh, the point that Simone made, Mike Sullivan talked about that a lot in his tenure here as the Penguins coach from time to time about uh, the credit that the veteran leadership deserves for welcoming those guys uh, Sullivan's take on it is that with some of the names in that locker room it can seemingly be an intimidating place even if you're a veteran from another team and you join the Penguins and he said those guys 
try to be as welcoming as possible and, and make every everybody feel like part of the group. And the reason they do that is because they know that they're there for a reason and they're needed. And every little bit helps. And uh, the goals last night from Simone D and Jake Gensel got his 15th in the third period to make it 3-1. to one. Penguins are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they've got Minnesota at home on Thursday night to close things out before the All-Star break. 26-21-3, and three, 55 points. Uh, that is fifth in the Metropolitan Division, but the Pens are one point behind the second-place New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Pens also now in possession of the second wild-card spot in the Eastern Conference. Columbus has 55 points. The Pens have 55 and then the top two teams in the chase position are the Rangers and the Islanders with 53. Carolina uh, may be gone from Hartford, Connecticut, but uh, the Whalers are not forgotten. The Department of Motor Vehicles in uh, Connecticut on Tuesday unveiled a new commemorative license plate that bears the former logo of the Hartford Whalers. You guys remember that? The oh, yeah. H with the whale Iconic. tail. Pretty cool, right? Definitely. Uh, you can get that on your license plate uh, now uh, if you're uh, a resident. And uh, normally that stuff costs about 60 bucks, $45 from the sale of each Hartford Whalers logo registration plate. will go toward uh, a new dialysis center at the Connecticut Children's Medical Center in Hartford. Uh, Val used to rock a Whalers jersey, didn't you? No, it was uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jets oh, okay. sweatshirt. But you see them, uh, there's... People have them. It's uh, as Bill mentioned. It's kind of an iconic logo for a team that never really did a whole lot. No, uh, great jersey though. Yeah, you see it at the rink. Uh, a Ron Francis Whalers jersey every once in a while. If you go to Penguin games, then that is for a great cause. So hopefully, people will support that. Uh, some college hoop in town tonight. Pitt is hosting North Carolina State at 9 p.m. Duquesne welcomes Richmond at 7. And uh, if you watched the Patriots-Jaguars game on Sunday, the AFC Championship game, you are not alone. CBS has announced that that was the most watched game in the NFL this season. Game got a 50 share, which means 50% of televisions that were turned on were watching the football game. Jeez. Wow. The highest-rated program of uh, any program on television since last year's Super Bowl. That's uh, it's pretty amazing. That was that David Goliath thing was compelling, right? Even though I thought it was a little inaccurate. I don't think Jacksonville qualified as uh, David. Well, in terms of being there, been there, done that. Yes, you know, this all, is their first yeah. dance. Yeah, I mean, they had a better chance to win that game than you know. The Steelers? Hitting the guy between the eyes with a rock. Do you think the Jags were uh, better poised to beat them than the Steelers? Um, I don't think the Steelers would have won. They certainly matched up defensively better. Based on They found a way to not get beat by Gronkowski. you got to give him credit for that. Knock him out. Yeah, hit him in the head. That was Western PA on Western PA crime right there. That was uh, Church from Penn Hills hitting. Yeah, Gronk doesn't really count, though. He's only here one uh, year. I mean... He was a mercenary. Yeah, he went to Woody Woody High. He came to further his career. He didn't grow up loving the Steelers. And he did. Uh, Mark Madden has lots to say about that, and he'll do that when we come back here on the DV. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, look, they were different times. Uh, let they me were put, the best of times, and they were the worst we of on? times. Yeah, yeah, wow. we're on. We're up. It's the DVE morning show. You little dickens. And uh, <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> Let me put a dead spin on this. All right. Uh, <laughs> Mark Madden is joining us right now. He's I host the show on the X every day, right? Matt Mertz Plumbing. Three till six. Uh, the X is a radio station. It is. Okay. Nearby? Closer than you'd ever imagine. <laughs> okay. All righty. Uh, Mark, <laughs> let me offer you a proposition. Okay. Okay. What's the payoff? Oh, wait. Maybe it's not a proposition. Maybe that's not what I was saying. How about uh, a preposition? Of. Here's the thing. Did you if, like the way that Rustin uh, de-executed that two-on-one? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and do you think? Do you I think, suppose we could talk about something the audience <laughs> understands at some nah, point. That's up know. to you, though. It's Everybody your show. knows. Everybody knows. All right. Um, Perceive is losing it over there. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about this? If the Steelers would have beat the Jags, would they have had a better chance at beating the Patriots than would, the Jags? Were they the better opponent? Um, no, I think the Jags are the better uh, opponent for New England. Uh, a more likely matchup because they have DBs who can cover man-to-man and they have a pass rush that can get pressure on Brady. Now, whether that all is executed in fashion enough to win... Uh, wait a minute, the Jags already lost the Patriots. Yeah, they did. Well, why did you lead me into a game that already... I'm asking played? you, would the Steelers have been better? Because I'm, I'm going to back to the Steelers here. I'm Do you no, think the Steelers no, could I, have I think, beat the Patriots? No, no, the Jags came... You know, for a second, I forgot... That the Jags and Patriots already played. I'm oh. losing my mind. Yeah. What is that world uh, like that you're in? <laughs> it's not very profitable, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that the Steelers would have beat the Patriots. I I think that the Jaguars did what every team does against New England. They, they spit out the bit when they had a lead. I've never seen a team that people are afraid to play. It's remarkable, isn't it? When they're ahead. They screw up at the... Precise time that you can't screw up. Fifty five seconds when ahead. Fifty five seconds with two timeouts and to end the half. That showed they were every scared. Pl- yeah. In the second half, every first down was a run. Every second down was a was a long throw. Yeah, it just it, you it can't just, do that. And you would think the teams would have looked at the most shining example of all in that regard, which is Atlanta blowing that lead against New England in the Super Bowl last year as a blueprint of what not to do. Yet teams keep doing it over and over. Do you think it's the pe- people are playing the Patriots' legacy and not this iteration of their team? I think it's a pretty good iteration of their team, but yeah, I get your drift. I think there's something to that. All right. Yeah, there's been a narrative that these guys aren't as good as normal Patriot teams all year, but here they are in the Super Bowl again. Yeah. So, so if they win it again. It's crazy to me, they, though, because they just don't have the marquee names anymore on defense, especially. Well, when you have coaches, you don't need that. And that kind of quarterback. All right, so let me... Did you read my column today? I didn't. Uh, I thought my column was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, do Maybe you, not. Do you think... Uh, no, I, I did. was it the Mike Tomlin one? It was the one that says he should insist people be on time and ban social media. Yes, that's the should be the foundation. I just don't know why to, it's so hard to get into Le'Veon Bell's head that, hey, just because you are so good that you can miss the walkthrough and you could show up late for the game and still have two touchdowns and 160 yards from scrimmage and probably would have had more rushing if we would have given the ball more. Just because you can do that doesn't mean that your absence isn't 
a problem. It, it is a problem. That's what I'm saying. It He doesn't realize it affects the team. The team has a culture of chaos. Right. And I'm not saying that's the reason they lost to Jacksonville, but I think it added up in a negative fashion over the season, and I think it affected the fans, too. I don't think this was a very enjoyable 13-3 and season. I think it, it was, was pretty entertaining. I, uh, it was entertaining in a perverse way. If you're it like a, weird. If you're like a diehard Steeler fan, all the crap that went on week in and week out was tedious to, to the point of, of, of making you dislike the team. And I've said for years now, this is the most dislikable group of Steelers in quite some time, and it got that much more dislikable this year. Social media is the reason why, and here's why. Le'Veon Bell tweeting about inane stuff nine hours after the game. Hey, who's your favorite comic book hero? Hey, nine. I got a new rap song. Whatever. Yeah, not even. Well, and then Juju, Juju, 48 hours after the game, and boy, is he on schedule to make me a prophet. I unfollowed him because I want to like Juju. Yeah, you did the right thing because he's turning into a jackass in in front of our eyes. 48 hours after they lose to Jacksonville in a game that most people felt they should have won, he's online campaigning, hey, vote our hide-and-seek celebration, the best in yeah. the NFL at NFL.com. I mean, nobody wants to hear that 48 hours after you no, lost. No, I want you to be sitting in front of your locker still 48 hours later <laughs> with your uniform your still on I with your head you, down. I want, I, I want to pretend that you're doing that, yes. Yeah. I don't want you to actually do it, but I want you pre- I want to pretend you're taking the loss hard like, it's like I am. when Marquise Pouncey, after the Denver playoff game, sold T-shirts later that selling night. Selling hats. Uh, you know, Juju. And he, and he, he was talking about some rapper, too. Juju was selling his merch the day after. Like, Do these guys? make that much money from merch that it's 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 worth yeah, I, how I much how much do you think he makes from merch? i think it pays for their entourage and then some a guy like juju i don't begrudge he came from nothing he was sleeping on a garage uh, blah, as a kid. Blah, 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 oh blah, shut blah. up you're, you're allowed now. to no yeah i you're know pro now. He's no but dink. i get it but it needs to be it needs to be what dink you, i said okay. dink right. oh, you can said, say dink you can say the other thing too. really yeah i don't want to i'm a pro i know i like juju unlike juju Juju'd call you that, although he might be talking about like a detective, which he can use occasionally because he has things stolen from him. Like the private dick. I will use it in that context, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Pub- he are one to s- seek the bike. But is he becoming a, pub- he should, a he public should, one? He sh- <laughs> is that the problem? He, sh- he should hire one to find his humility. That's a, Yeah. There you go. So explain this to me, and uh, I know everybody's sick of me bitching about this, but how is Randy Feekner better than Todd Haley? Uh, ben doesn't hate him. How is the team better with Randy Feekner? Ben doesn't hate him. What does Randy Feekner bring to the table as offensive coordinator? Ben doesn't hate him. What are his uh, bona fides? Uh, I mean, you don't think he has bona fides? No. Ben Co- doesn't hate him. He's the quarterback I mean, coach. That's, that's his man. Yeah, and he has He's been for eight years. And What does that mean? Uh, I, you can I, call plays? Haley's a jackass. I didn't. Uh, this is not in defense of his character. You don't this get, is, do you just, just because someone's a jackass doesn't mean you just yes, put you anybody do. else yes, in there. Yes, you do. If you're trying to keep the guy playing as long as you can and not have a blow-up, which I think was inevitable, you get rid of the jackass. So Tom, Bar- Tom Barrasso was a jackass back in the day. Any crappy goalie much was better? More, no, no. Much more important position. You have to be able to do it. You got to bring something to the table. He, he will. Don't worry about that. That's the least of their worries. That is such a cop out. Explain to me why Randy Feekner deserves the job. Because I think he's a qualified offensive mind who is in sync with the quarterback. Based on what? Based on based on offensive mind. Based on what? Based on he's been here for eight years. What does that mean? He's done his. He's obviously been confident. He's a quarterbacks that job. coach. Okay. And what is their that's job? Un, that's unimportant. It's like quarterback coaching. The form. Well, put it this way. If he never gets to a Super Bowl, he'll do just as good a job as Todd Haley. (laughs) 
Do you think that the Steelers should possibly cut El Bell loose and take that money and go out and get some Well, they def- wouldn't be cutting him loose. They'd defenders. just be letting him walk via free agency. But, right. Uh, but, you, well, but that's a lot of money that they would have to well, play it, with. It depends how serious they are about straightening out the culture. And, and I ask you guys, because I, I stand like jumped all over me for this uh, yesterday. I said I would ban them from social media. And Stan and everybody else, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Why can't you do that? I don't know. Do any Patriots tweet? Uh, put it this way. They don't tweet stuff that, that, that causes commotion, do they? Or we would have heard about that. And, and, and if the Steelers tweeted stuff that didn't cause commotion, I'd say let them be on social media. But when Tomlin says, well, my teenage kids are on social media, you know, we, 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 you just need to know how to do it right. You know, shut up. Parent your kids any way you want. Nobody cares. But be a boss to your players. And I know Pursuta says he is, but let's set down some actual rules that get followed with consequences. He tweeted out, Tomlin tweeted out uh, his son's mixtape on Friday before well, the game. Well, just to follow that up, they benched Bryant for a game for social media. Okay, so let's ban year. it. Let's ban it. All right. So he he tweeted out his son's mixtape Friday before the Jacksonville game, and he caught a ton of flack from people saying he wasn't focusing on the game. If he would have tweeted out uh, his video of his son's basketball game, would it have been better? And what's the difference? I don't. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, people were pissed at him for that. That doesn't bother me. I think the league is 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 going to have a hard time policing this or shutting it down because these players have endorsements with Pepsi bad. and, and all these a, other make things. It a commitment of a condition of employment. Slack has a couple good points. Gronk had a Showtime comedy special that aired, and Tom versus Time is on Facebook right now. Okay, well, they win. And nothing that they do in those situations embarrasses the team or causes commotion. This culture screwed up with this team. I'm sorry, it is. And I know people say it doesn't make a difference. I think it does make a difference when a team of this talent is not achieving up to the level that talent dictates. Maybe you're right. Oh, I know I'm right. Or it could be that they couldn't play defense after they lost Mariah Chase here. Yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd, like to have a, I'd like to have a healthy culture and see if it helps. And if it doesn't, then I'll be wrong. But until they have a healthy culture, I think I'm right. Is uh, uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, is Randy Feekner like equal to that, do you yes, think? Yes, easily. Okay, good. Do you think the Steelers... Dick LeBeau of offense. That's what they called Randy Feekner. I think his frat in college called him that. <laughs> Do you think the Steelers screwed up the whole James Harrison thing? Uh, they screwed up by, by letting him go. They should have just said, look, you're surplus to requirements, but we're not going to cut you. Just go home. That's what they should have done. Do you? Th- They're all scared of Harrison. That I mean, that's, that's why everything went down and has gone down the way it has with Harrison for years, because they're literally scared of him. I cannot believe the, the the Steelers willfully made the Patriots better. It just blows my it's mind. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It blows my mind. Cannot believe. Although, After LeGarrette Blunt, you haven't learned a lesson. I think the impact he's made there has been over-dramatized because of the situation. Oh, my God. The, how can you say that? Made one, made one play. He rushed the quarterback in the fourth quarter, nonstop, put pressure, collapsed the pocket on Bortles, and... It was setting the edge. Like that guy played forty three plays. How can you say he? You didn't sure make- you didn't watch the same play over and over again on replay? <laughs> was he getting burned that I didn't see? Was uh was was he uh, unable to drop back out, into coverage? They got outside of him once. They completed one third and two on him. They got three yards. Well, don't get me wrong. He's he had, he's helped them. No question. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, he did all right. I, so thought, he was, he, I thought he was impactful toward them winning. So Mike Tomlin helped the Patriots yes. beat the Jaguars. Yes, he did. <laughs> 
It's about time he helped somebody beat the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, although, you know what? It, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> I, I, I've said on my show that there was more palpable anger toward Tomlin in this offseason than oh, any yeah. time that, that, that yeah. since he's been coach. And it, people keep demanding for him to be fired. But it's not going to happen, and that's what drives no. me nuts. I, the people out there can't get through their heads. Like, I get people call up and say, well, here's who should replace Tomlin. Well, here's who's going to replace Tomlin. Nobody All now. All the more important to have two strong coordinators. Exactly. And, and they've and, done that. And no, they don't have that. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I mean, Fickner's good. It's Butler, hard for me boy, to know how much Tomlin was was usurping <laughs> Keith Butler in the later part of the season. Because well, they'd make decisions as a group, Randall, and you know why they make decisions as a group? So nobody can be blamed. Uh, smart. How many? Duplicit is smart. Do you think pirates? Tomato, tomato. Do you think the pirate fans will stay away this year? Will there be enough people for it to no. l- make a difference? Well, the, the attendance has gone on 600k in the last two years since 2015, when they inexplicably took a 98 win team and destroyed it. Actually, not inexplicably. They did it to, to maximize profit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to go down this year as much as people think. Uh, uh, for one thing, I think people in this town follow the pirate media more closely than they should, and those guys are a bunch of stooges, and they'll stooge fans into the ballpark like they have done since. I don't think they're stooges. Who do you think is a stooge? Like all of them. I don't think so. All of them. No, I don't think so. Uh, uh, look, they might as well be singing Look on the Bright Side of Life whenever the pirates do something to – to plunge yet another knife into their their competitiveness, and uh, but but I think one thing the Pirates have done very wisely is they marketed the ballpark, which is still there, and they've marketed the team to kids, and kids are not discerning consumers, and if the kids want to go, the parents are going to take them. So uh, attendance has dropped six hundred k to this point. I think it'll drop another hundred k this year, hundred fifty, but probably no more. Be interesting to see what happens with those corporate boxes. I'm not sure if people already had to sign up for them. I'm, sh- you know, yeah. Well, I think that boat had sailed by the time they waited on the McCutcheon trade. Is that your understanding of how this stuff works? That most of that stuff's taken care of by Christmas. Oh, even before that, and even like a lot of people, uh, like before the end of the the 17 season, you have to shore up 18. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that's how the Penguins always before work. the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the case with season tickets too. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. Like obviously, it's easy to get season tickets there. I can't believe people, and I know people have preferences for their seat from year to year, but I can't believe people would pay for season tickets to that product before they knew who was going to be on the field. Well, they're going to go out there and compete. Yeah, that's, that's what, what we've been told. Yeah, yeah. They, hey, they know what they're selling. They're selling an experience. They're, they're, and, and they're, they're, they're not selling. We're going to win. We're going to compete. They're selling memories. They're selling an afternoon in the sun having a beer. And they're selling that, lies. We're going to compete. That's a lie. Yeah, well, if well you it's not that, a lie because they don't finish it with for a World Series. It's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah. You can. Uh, we're going to compete means we're going to go out there and try. Yeah, we're, there's actually going to be we a game. We fielded a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, here's an example of how shrewd they are with the way they present themselves, okay? Frank Coonley did an interview on KDK AM where he got pissed at the fans for being mad at Bob Nutting, among other things. Every single word that tumbled out of his mouth was. Horse manure. Every single word. But he picked his spot. He got interviewed by Larry Richard and John Shumway, who were two homers who just aren't going to call him out on it. He, he went to the place where he could get his message out there without it being questioned or even diluted a little bit. That's how they operate. They're brilliant at that. Eh. I don't know you if don't... they're brilliant at anything, but other than... 
when you can, when, people to, when you have a profit guaranteed before one ticket sold, it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. You're despicable. Well, again, despicable. Yeah, tomato, know, you don't, tomato. You don't have to go. I don't. Yeah, there you go. Love of, I, I mean, I'm, I am an enabler. I'm going. I I love baseball. I, I didn't go got, last year. I think if you go to under five games, you're not the problem. But maybe maybe I you go to are. two. I go to more two than five. You should go to at least two or three. Yeah. For the very reason you said. I go to about 10. But that's why it's so horrible. You're making me complicit. That's why I'm so mad. How often do you go to sporting events now, Randall? I know, I know you Not used as to often as I used yeah, to. You used to go a lot. I'm I really trying. I go to all the Steeler games. games. Right. Uh, I gave up my Penguins tickets just because it, I, I really, I'm too old to not sleep anymore. Right. Uh, so, so the timing for that, given your yeah. hours, is not good. Right. So I don't. Yeah, the only reason you had those was to have the playoff tickets. And then when you have to go to 15 playoff games. Yeah. You it became late. start at eight thirty. Yeah. Well, and the ticket prices went up and up. And, and there was a, there were a do, lot of reasons. Do but you like I don't the Steeler games as much as you used to. Do I like them? Yeah. I don't like going anywhere in public as much as I used to. <laughs> See that? Yeah. It has I'm, nothing to do with the Steelers. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I, I agree. But I mean, like, I just think the Steeler games with that those people in the in the parking lots. It's a tough in and out. I just I haven't I've got <laughs> tough in and out. Just see the parking lot in Philly. Well, yeah, that's a walk in the park to Heights Field. Well, for some people, that was just an inn. They might as well be having fairies with rose petals in front of you flying around. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Human go, I sacrifices. Wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the Eagles games either. But it's just, I think the problem is, is with the Steeler games and the way that it has changed is that when it, there were parking lots everywhere and it was in a tailgate culture, that there was uh, a, a camaraderie and a, hey, we're all – we're all camping. We're all doing football camping together here, right. and then you have like rules that you abide by because everybody's trying to keep the same party going, and you have respect for other people. When they turned it into a strip mall in Wexford on the North Shore, now it's just binge drinking. Now it's just a bunch of people binge scene. drinking at chain restaurants, oh, no. yeah, you're right. and there's just bozos everywhere who aren't even going into the game, and that has made it uh, a lot more toxic than it used to be. I agree. I think when it was just tailgating in the parking lots. People were likely to drink less, and that's it. Was ridiculous. there was food? There was like you're playing catch. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of that now, not nearly what it was. Well, and that used to be the only option, and and, and I never would have thought this then. It was a it's a it was a better option. What there is now, I mean, the lengths that we used to go to 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 find a TV signal to watch in early the early yeah. games when you know. No, I get what you're saying. Like Kansas City has a tailgating culture. Yeah, we but they removed it. It's they never considered a problem. It's never considered violent. It's, it wasn't. It's the smell were, of ribs and yeah. people having hey have a Cigars. beer. And now they're going to chain restaurants. Part of this is because we're older, though. No, there's no doubt that, that that I that I was able to like you know pallet what was happening a little easier when I was you know 28. But well, I think you're onto something with that. But I, they have changed the 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 mood down there and also well, they want to monetize the pre-gaming and they want people in the stadium and it, it has never been more in vogue to be a loud obnoxious a-hole than it is in well, 2017 you get, you get on 2018 TV, you get on youtube you get you know the the way to get Bill's noticed mafia. is to be a jackass yeah. Yeah. so I'll, I'll never the eagles fans are like the bills mafia but not fun like scary, yeah, yeah. But I'll always go to Steeler games. There's nothing Eagles like fans would kick the holy crap out of the. Bills there's nothing here. like being no in doubt. the stadium. Even that Jaguars game when we, I mean, after we we got it close and the the, the place erupted and the towels were going everywhere, I was just like, oh, this place is it's like a powder keg. It's gonna explode. You know, there's nothing like really being there. And the same thing for the Penguins. You know, 
when, when, when things are going good, being at a Penguin yeah. game is is a blast. Well, I, but, I, I just can't. I can't do. Better, I think that's for one sure. of the few sports well, people, that's better live. Football might be better on TV. They watch it though. You go to a hockey game and you're not tailgating for four hours. You're not sitting drinking for four hours usually. Usually maybe an hour. Maybe not you. Yeah, but you're going to watch not, the game. Yes. But why is that? Why don't people tailgate before a hockey game? Because uh, they're weeknights. Yeah. Work. There's less. There's less time between. What are you gonna do Thursday? A go. Go, point B. go to the parking lot at three o'clock. And you got to pay attention too. Yeah, well, especially with last night's festival of entertainment. Ooh. JS- I mean, they won three one. JSD, he's dynamite. Festival of entertainment. <laughs> All right, Casey we- DeSmith on today's show. Is he really the third string goalie becoming Very the nice. first string goalie? It's like the natural only. He probably won't get shot and then home run at the end. <laughs> All right, we we went way over. We got to go. Did we really? Oh yeah. Ask him way if he's over. aware that they. Refer to the University of New Hampshire as the University of No Hardware because they've never won a championship. Did you know Jim Colony used to be on Radio Free Berlin, hosted a morning show with Mildred Gellers? I did not. That's true. What the hell are you guys Is it really? Because it sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> did he go to New Hampshire or something? Colony, yes. Okay. Right. The Smith did too. Just trying to figure out why. Yeah, that we're was, even that was talking the time. Yeah. Stuff. All right. We broke the radio.